The Intermediate Line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. The Intermediate Line is brought to you by nervouswater.com.au, Thomas and Thomas Rods, Shilton Reels and Cortland Lines. Ketterfly, Australian made apparel, made by fly fishers for fly fishers. Power Pole, total boat control. Beast Brushes, we stay in our lane of experience so we can improve your experience. Oh no, my volume just turned up for some weird reason. Really? I'll just get the sound guys. Hey guys, can you come over and just adjust this mic for me? It's got a little bit too much coming through. Hang on, hang on. Okay, that cool. Gotcha. Yeah, no, pre- yeah, mate. The sound wraiths are in the studio just fixing it up. Oh, good. Yeah. Those guys are animals normally. Yeah. So getting back to what you're saying, mate. Now, I, d- I don't think people who walk around with their phones on speakerphone are eligible for the Special Olympics at all, hey? Why not? Oh, I just, just don't, mate. We're recording, I think, mate. I, I think just... Oh, welcome back, folks, to another uh, episode of the Intermediate Line. And on this episode, we have a very special one for you, folks. Return of the Vaults. Welcome back, Vaults. Thank you very much, and um, it's great to be back. And before we go any further, I'd love to um, uh, pass on my appreciation for the two stand-ins, the, the great Jimmy Caves and. Um, and uh brooke swanton um i haven't listened to it yet but uh i heard that she is a very fine brim fisherman so um yes. <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> no no um oh you haven't listened to it yet no no mate i'm, I'm not even going to correct you on that one because i think you know full well what the hell's going on and brooke would have very well picked that up there were some zingers that got recounted by some of the listeners that me and jimmy just completely missed brooke's a sharp character Really? Tell me something. What what did he do? Is he? Uh... Uh, I think one of the ones was um, whenever he gets asked questions about fly lines, he gives them a one line answer. Tommy, oh. that's because he only uses a floating line. Right. Okay. Cool. One line the answer. Zinger. Well, one nil to Brooke. Yeah. Good one, Brooke. Anyway, oh. it was it was a good show, mate. Uh, we had we had Brooke and Jimmy on two two Jedi's <laughs> and. Um, and you know it was uh, it was good. it was really good to to get the insights from both those guys. I don't think there's two guys better or more consistent uh, than them two in Australia for brim. I really don't. I really can't think of anyone. And um, look, there's some really good fishermen in Australia. I'm not I'm not saying they're the best two in the world, uh, but they're very good at what they do, and they they do stay singular to what they do to a greater degree. I know that they're um, estuary lords, and the podcast was meant to be more about being that estuary lord but it was hard to 
to not not um, to not stay on the track of the Brimbos, that's for sure. Yeah, right, right. Jedi Jimmy, that's his second time on, hey. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, third time, uh, second time, third, second time, yeah, it was his second yeah, time, right. yeah, okay. Yep. I don't, I can't remember the number of the show that we had him on previously, but um, just search it. Hey, I also <laughs> found out, um, um, one of, one of our listeners contacted me and was chasing one of the shows. You can't go all the way back to the start of the shows on iTunes, did you know that? On iTunes, yeah, you know what, I now that you mention it, you're right. I, I tried doing this a while back, and I just gave up. The only way I could go right to the right back to the beginning was on um, on Podbean, and you just got to hit keep hitting older, older, older. It's sort of like you know, um, it takes a little while to get back because there's what 150 or even more or something now. So yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like if you're looking for old episodes, you can stream them straight from the website. Um, if you just Google uh, the Intermediate Line podcasts. It'll come up to the Podbean page, which is our our um, pod podcast host, and uh, yeah, there are many hosts you could choose from. We chose Podbean. Yeah, yep. yeah, good. yeah. So yep. uh, Podbean is good. It shows us uh, uh, well, you know, how many downloads the other ones don't. So I don't, mm. I don't even know. Would be would be hard to estimate how many poor bastards have clicked on our um, our podcast. And um, many, yeah. many, many, yep, for sure. You're very popular, Volts. A lot of people talk about you when I um, when I'm just hanging out in the street. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, you might get, you might people might recognise you from the podcast, and the first thing they ask me is, um, "What's Volts like?" Really, I get the same thing. What's Chris like? Um, you know, particularly when we've got common friends or people who have, are only familiar with you through Instagram or or listening to the podcast. What's Chris really like? And you know, I, I, I tell them good things usually. Um, mm. and, that, and that, you know... You'd start with my of, height though, wouldn't you? Chris is a solid 6'4". Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, like his good things don't necessarily always come in small packages, you know. there's Likes and there's, interests. Yeah, likes and interests. You know, Chris is is an avid gardener, uh, landscaper. He's, um, mm. you know, he's a jack of all trades. He's a Tapiri great... Tapiri is, 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 um, is my angle in the landscaping field. Tapiri, Topiary, yeah. Is how it's yep. pronounced. Topiary is yep. that, you know, how we, we in the trade pronounce it in, in, in closed circles. So is that a um yeah. is that a Japanese thing? Is that, no. is that the, where, where's to, to, Topiary or Topiary? Where does that originate from? Uh, Germany. Germany. You sure about that? Yeah, right. Absolutely. Doesn't sound like a German word. Yeah. I'll tell you what one of my dislikes is. It's actually one of the things that um that I know that you dislike as well, and that's uh, jet skis. That's oh, one of the, the main, the main, <laughs> main dislikes. You know what's awesome is whenever Kook slams or, or fail frenzy or fail army or someone has a um has a jet ski medley or even just a particularly bad jet ski yeah. disaster, people send it through and it makes my day. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree. Keep Wicked. it coming. You know Did that. You, here you go. Uh, I was going to say, like I've I've had recent conflict on Instagram from one of my reels. Have you seen it? Uh, you yeah. you're away, I think. But um, there was, I filmed when I was um, fishing the other week, I filmed myself, I came off the plane, I'm entering into into the back of an island, it was a flat, there's no one else around, yep. and this jet ski, I filmed this jet ski buzzing, <laughs> buzzing along in like, you know, a metre of water, just going over all these schools, you know, just completely ruined the day, you know. Um, there was no one else around, the dude could have gone right behind me, could have gone, he was actually parked up 
and he saw me come off the plane and head at a perpendicular fashion straight towards the bank. So then I got the camera. I was like, oh, I cannot. I was on electric motor by then. I'm like, I can't believe this guy. I'm like, this loser. And uh, and I'm like, I said, I quoted you from the uh, YouTube video that got up with the chase and tuna. If you're yep. if you own a jet ski, go fuck yourself. And, uh, <laughs> and currently, <laughs> and, and I put a caption up there. You want to be an instant fuckwit? Buy a, buy a jet ski and head for shallow water. But yeah. at this point in time, I'm just going to check it. It's amazing how many rounds it's had. And I've had. And if you got, if anyone's after a bit of fun and wants to tease a jet skier, it's at 23,000 views. There's wow. jet skiers on there who are, who are calling me out, calling me a sook, and and yeah, just it's it's pretty hilarious, really. Um, one guy tried to convince me that not all personal watercraft owners are the same. It's um get on there, guys. So it'd be great to hear your support about um anti jet skis. It's pretty fun. <laughs> You know what? I had this. Um, I don't know if he wanted it to be made public because you know there's a duty of care that goes. We can always it. edit this out. All right. Well, I'll, I'll check with him. But there's a um, there's a fly fisherman who goes by the name Steve. Um, he knows who he is. He sent me a series of six photos uh, during the week, and basically what has happened was this. Um, um, th- this jet ski had uh, tried to run the flat that he was fishing. And, um, yeah, they didn't uh, account for the really shallow water, got stuck. And the fear, it looks like these, these six photos were taken over a couple of hours as the water went out. And it looked look like these two guys on this jet ski were stuck there for, you know, for a period of time it would have been uncomfortable and couldn't couldn't go far, couldn't do much, and just two guys on a jet ski, hey? Yeah. Just hanging out. Just hanging out, being real yeah. friendly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah, it was uh, it was so good. Um, <laughs> Hang yeah. on, you're telling me that um, Steve, this guy, yeah. um, took photos of this dude for seven hours. Two dudes. There's two, two dudes. dudes on a jet ski. Yeah, I might have been clear about that. Two good dudes on a jet ski got got um, uh, got beached and um, beached yeah, as beached as. I'm not familiar with exactly the location or. All the story about it, but I really—it's it, that's that's beside the point. It was just funny to see these these guys who who felt the need to run shallow, but um, uh, their ambition didn't match their ability. It's just, they- I, I just think to myself, like that's a real deep-seated hate for jet skiers. Like if you're within, you know, iPhone camera shot for seven hours for these people that are beached as and not helping them <laughs> well there's that I, I don't know the period of time and, and look it looked like it zoomed in a lot and to be fair like you you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to risk your own craft too so that i mean safety first mate safety yeah. never sleeps doesn't matter what the tide is <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah you you got to worry about you know people making with with that sort of error in judgment um you know do you, do you need them on your own vessel so. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. I think anytime, regardless if they're beached as, if there's two men in sluggos and life vests, <laughs> probably not a, probably not good passengers. <laughs> that, they probably didn't bring fuel money, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. They, the only way they could pay you with, um, uh, you know, was yeah. Well, I think I think yeah. When it comes down to safety. You can't make these assumptions just because two men are in sluggos and life vests. But I guess when you add a jet ski to the equation, <laughs> you know, you can be fairly certain of stranger danger, I reckon. Yeah, it's it's fair to assume that they had, you know, provisions um, 
you know, with under the under the seat, so to speak, you know, like a lot of jet skis do. Yeah. You know, maybe some some water and some food, maybe some some jets crackers. Chardonnay. Like Chardonnay, yeah. Maybe yeah. they were there for the sunset. You know what? Maybe they did it on purpose. Maybe yeah. you know they knew what they were doing. Well, maybe one of them did it on purpose, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> ran aground again. Oh no! Can you put this uh, sunscreen on me? Who <laughs> knows, man? Safety first. Like Don't want to get burned out here. Yeah. All right, man. Stop, stop stalling on us, man. Tell us about this wits trip, dude. How did it go, mate? You want to summarize, or do you want to start from the start? Uh, yeah. Look, let's start from the start. Um, let's start. Let's, let's start right from the start. Okay. So you guys loaded the jet ski on. Yeah, we loaded the jet ski onto the <laughs> onto the roof rack and. Yeah, on the <laughs> of the Ranger. <laughs> Careful not to scratch scratch the monster sticker. Yeah, the monster sticker. We just got a fresh monster sticker. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, yeah, we we love monster. Did and it replace the jet pilot sticker? Look, the jet pilot one, as you know, got all faded and crazed from too much yeah. time in the sun. Um, yeah, they they use cheap, uh, um, you know, um, some people would say an inkjet type product. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so it, it could have been the tap out sticker under that 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 might have like <laughs> not left a um a good foundation for it, you know. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're stereotypes for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so yeah. you lo- loaded up the truck and headed to Be- Beverly, and um, yeah, yeah. So it's a um, we had. Yeah, we had a, a, a decent drive up there. I, I how, got, how long is it, mate? Oh, from my house, 11 to 12 hours. We, I managed to get about four or five hours sleep, so I was fresh as a daisy by the time we got up there. 11 and, to 12 hours? is 11 hours is making really good time, dude. Do you want to uh, – so we know – well, we called – we've already given it away the location, but it's fair enough to say generally that it's the Whit Sundays, right? Yeah, well, yeah, and that's right. And to be, to be completely honest, we're probably fishing over – 60 or 100 k's of of you know north to south coast it's you mm. know you're based in one spot um yeah yeah so it's you spread we spread our effort out and um you know obviously there's there's a range of of islands um you know all the way from from Mackay north up to to bowen and um you know there's a whole range of benthic stratas and uh mm. and you know um topographical yeah well um, yeah, variations. Undulations. <laughs> Undulations. <laughs> yes. So when we... Um, I don't think first, that's going to be a classic. <laughs> the first day we... Um, look, the first first three days we sort of struggled with um, um, dirty water, clouds, d- dirty cold water, actually. Um, and, uh, you know, places... You know, obviously we fished this, you know, area... A fair bit over the last ten years or so, um, and you know you sort of you get an eye and for where you're going to find certain species of fish, and you know a lot of the lot of places that looked great or we'd seen fish before many many times are just barren. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there was the upshot of that was that we went around looking for different spots. Um, we got to do cool. a bit of exploring, yeah. And how'd you go? Did you find anything new and exciting? Like, uh, it's not, you know, it's the not... love boat flat, so they say. So they say, right? <laughs> yeah. Look, we um, we found things with a lot, you know, flats with a lot of potential. Uh, look, I'll be honest, we we didn't hit the mo- the mother load or the honey, 
the honey pot, whatever you want to call it, um, in terms of um, of uh, you know lots of fish big numbers, dumb, big yeah, big dumb fish. Pis- piscatorial. Um, I'm trying to come up with a new classic, you know, piscatorial census, right? Yeah. Any yeah, that's, decent that's... piscatorial census? Um, you think so? Nah. Oh, no, there was. Let's call them piscatorial citizens. How's that sound? Well, I just meant not sheer numbers, right? Like, uh, yeah, num- yeah, yeah, right. piscatorial. Yeah, we, we, uh, I don't know. You know what? Just keep going, Volts. Yeah, yeah. So we 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 just couldn't um, make it rain, um, but later later in the week we were able to find numbers um, of stuff. But uh, you know, we um, had a bit of um, a bit of bad luck with bust offs and you know, sort of hooks falling out and. Stuff right. like that. So that was on flats. Um, tell us, tell us what happened, mate. Tell us, tell us a scenario like that. Did did uh, I mean there's two of you on the boat? Did anything like that happen to you? <laughs> Look, um, I've, mate, I've mate, dish, I, I think I think there's yeah. going to be a lot of people that are going to be um, like there's, I know. There's, like, uh, sorry, Vols, I didn't mean to cut you off, but let me just give you some inspiration as to telling that. Like I talk to people like from you know cast, like people from down south, and they go, "Well, we don't have as good as you." And, in Queensland, you know, or something like that, you know, like they think it's like shooting fish in a barrel up here. It's not always the case, you know, and I think that's, um, I think it's, uh, it's quite, it's quite good to hear that people like great fishermen such as yourself have these scenarios as well, you know. So it's, um, so it's, yeah. it's, it, it's good. I mean, if you, may if you're happy to share, I'm sure people would love to hear just these, um, these tales of woe, you know. Yeah. So, so there were some really interesting ones. Like, um, it's no secret that we. Um, myself and, and Kyle like targeting tusk fish, um, uh, you know, uh, black black spots, not the regular, the the common sort of ones that, that are like um, juvenile estuary cod, like they hang around every rock. And those days I was talking about the dirty cold water, even those days we, we were not finding, um, you, you know, you, you can normally throw your fly near, a, you know, any given rock and, a, you know, one or two of these things will follow out your fly, a small, a small, you know, miscellaneous species, tough species, there's some with white spots, there's some with blue sides and, you know, that sort of thing. You know, those, those things will hammer your flies all day if you if you, if you you need to, but they weren't there, you know. Mm-hmm. Wire netting cod, you know, those little bloody honey, honeycomb looking cod things. Yeah, the, dra- the ones you can't drag your fly behind your boat because of. Yeah, yeah, they, were, they weren't there, even those. Yep. You know? uh, stripies, you know, those just that sort of fun vermin-y stuff that... You know, you'd love to, you know. Well, stripy Spanish flag. But yeah, Spanish flag. Yeah, um, they also get this yellow one up there. Um, like it's yellow. It's like a, it's fucking like a like a Moses perch with. That's what a yellow. Spanish fl- a Spanish flag is, isn't it? There's two kinds. I'm gonna Google it. Yeah, yeah. There's like stripies and I think Spanish flag is a stripy, but there's also um, check out Lutjanus Casmira K A S M I R I R. Lut. Janus, Cas, was it? K A S M I R A. I could be wrong. I just haven't looked at it for a while. Oh, K A S M I R A. Yeah, that's one. Oh yeah, common blue stripe snapper. There you go, something like that. You, you know, you see a few of those around normally, but they were they were absent. So, you know, one of the great things about about fly fishing is. Um, the, the, the relationships and the networks that you make 
And um, for me, it's particularly gratifying because, um, you know, the my main mission for the for the podcast was getting people connected and, you know, getting connected myself. Um, mm-hmm. We had a bit of help from people up there. Um, now, I haven't oh, even... I got some, sorry, I got some um, additional information coming, just going, I know we're going back in time a sec, but yes. uh, Queensland Fisheries calls st- Spanish flag stripey. Okay, cool. Um, I know they, oh, um, and then you got uh, the five lion sea perch, and then the brown striped sea perch, the brown hussar. Did you guys find yourself any brown hussar? No, no. I'm, I'm going to have to Google all these. I did. I was aware that I was I'm not surprised there might be a few of these vermin species around, like little ones. That. It, yep. Yeah. <coughs> so um, yeah, but uh, like flathead. Yeah, and there's, there's still Moses perch, and those sort of things. Um, mm-hmm. Oddly enough, you don't see a lot of juvenile mangrove jacks or um, or finger marks. You know, the more desirable type lejanids. Um, you know, acting like pests. In yeah, it's situation. weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. Because uh, I believe that the, um, the the mangrove snapper is more one of those little pest lejanids overseas, which is very very similar to our mangrove jack, which is a more oh. elusive lejanid. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Hey, um, you know, uh, when you're in when you're in Florida, um, those little mangrove snappers are, yeah, they're pests. They're little fly fly wrecking pests. So, People from over there must see us catch mangrove jack and and full sand froth on them, and just be like, "Yeah, sweet fish, dude. Uh, <laughs> what's the big deal?" Yeah, yeah, they must. Hey, eh? they go, "Yeah, what are you doing, champ?" Yeah, um, yeah. it's is, it's it's all that they. They get lots of giant herring too, whereas over here that you know a giant her- herring is a um, is a celebrated capture, but over there they're like a you know like we we are with yellowfin pike, you know. Yeah, <laughs> ladyfish, ladyfish, yeah, ladies. <laughs> yeah, man. So um, yeah, we uh, I I tagged him in a post. Um, uh, his name's. His name's Zane. Uh, I don't want you know him to get in it inundated. I haven't even checked if it's okay. I mentioned his name, but you know, it's called Zano. Zano is fucking one of the best dudes you'll meet, and um, and he um, he hooked us up to some damn barras and showed us a good time. Um, you know, obviously having um, I've had a little bit of damn barra on fly experience. Um, you know, and, and having access to your ears and mouth a lot too. You know, t- talking to you about about how to get it done, but you know those um, those uh, weed bed barra up there at Faust. We, you know, we gave those a couple couple of early mornings, and um, and you know Zano was was fantastic. So I, I heard I've been seeing reports of every, like paying attention to people fishing up there. It sounds like it's been fishing tough, like real tough. You know, well that's as what, well. Yeah, huh? yeah. Well, that that that's what people are saying. Um, and um and you know like uh we you know we was we had you know probably five to six shots per morning five six seven eight shots i I guess i wasn't really counting but and you know that that didn't seem to be you know like um uh you know normally there's more there's a lot of pressure up there mate there's a lot of pressure um yeah you know some of those weed beds in fact, there was a there was a weed bed dickhead like an aquacaran, like we were we were about fifteen meters off 
a weed bed. We'd been we'd been on it for maybe half an hour. One of the first boats on the dam at pre-dawn. Um, Zano had pulled us into position, and this um, this fucking champion with a dog in his boat is a four, four point something meter tinny, um, and he had his um, he had his mink coat. I said on ten, and this guy was standing there and. <laughs> He's standing on the bow with his dog and he's just fucking roaring up this bank, right? We're we're maybe twenty meters off off the bank with a weed bank in between us. Like mm-hmm. a weed bank in between us. And this uh, this boat just burnt in between us, right in between us and the weed bank. And like we'd been in the position it, it you know, he just fucking cut us off. Just went straight past us. Um, and you know, there was a few words exchanged. Um, what did he what did he say for himself? He said, can't you just chill? I've got to go to work in a couple of hours. And oh, uh, wow. I was, I was, I shut up. I, I was literally, I was dumbfounded that fucko there had, had thought it was kosher to just go between, like, just to burn it. And, and you know, the, the guy was throwing, I want to say frogs, like plastic frogs. There was some sort of surface presentation that you could literally see the lure from 150 meters away like you know and, like and this chucking is, up a rooster's tail sort of thing yeah 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 like <clears throat> i don't know if he's expecting like a gt or a wahoo to come flying out of nowhere and bury his fucking plastic well why wouldn't it mate yeah <laughs> oh well he's, he's just gotta <laughs> chill man you gotta work in a couple of hours <laughs> if you don't try mate it won't happen you can't make a tackle from the grandstand dude you don't chuck <laughs> gt flies around and faust mate you're not gonna get a gt Oh man, you got, you got to dream big, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> oh mate, just fly, flew up the back doing that. I'm like, I thought, how long has this been going on? Like, wh- why aren't people like I'm a mild mannered dude, but I was I felt like diving in and you know thunder and lightning on this fucker. But um, oh, you mean anyway, you told me your left and right arm there? Thunder yeah, and mate, lightning. And Troy. Yeah, thunder yeah, and lightning. Des and Troy. Law <laughs> yeah, and order. You know, they got <laughs> names. These things. These biceps of mine. Fuck. Yeah, so um, <laughs> Thor and Loki. Yeah, 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 yeah that's <laughs> it, man. And anyway, old mate just he just obliviously like he, he genuinely looked like you know we we were the fuckwits, you know, like it, well, it was stunning. To, it was stunning. To be fair, you know, you guys got there and snaked his spot like you know like a couple of hours earlier than he intended to get there. And, you know, you guys, like, with all the stealth in the world pulling in on his spot, like, you've been all sneaky and stuff. Yeah. And and surely you realise he's got to be at work in a couple of hours, right? <laughs> Clearly, man. Come on, man. Like, I mean, like, I, I mean, I'm really playing devil's advocate here. I mean, but yeah. just to be fair, to see it from both sides, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're not yeah. fully me. Like, it's, like <laughs> you're not, you know what I mean? Like, I fully got to be at work, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, you know what I mean? It was literally, it was, you, you've nailed the stereotype, man. It's, you know, you've taken the stereo and stereotype with this dude. Well, it was, what well, can't you just, just chill out? And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just out here because I've seen it on YouTube. In like, you know what well, I mean? Well, there's, there's that too. Uh, you know, I don't want to blame anyone, and you know, it's certainly not, you know, my just blame my, YouTube, mate place to say it but yeah like the apparently you know these um the this type of fishing um over the years of you know fishing media has has uh exposed it to many people including us um but you know the locals have been quietly 
getting into this for years, you know, as as you know through your time with Rodney and that. Um, yeah. You know. Um, yeah, with Randy, Rodney and Andy Thompson and those those dudes like uh, talking about it, you know, it's just um, yeah, and and Zane like talking to Zane, uh, Zano, sorry, on um, PM about like how long he's been fishing it for. I mean, yeah, the, the, yeah, I mean, it's what a what a what a wonderful place to have kept under wraps, really. The only time I ever heard about before um, before oh, this is not true, but I mean, the most blown up I heard heard about before YouTube was uh, Matt Fraser's damn hot videos, you know. Oh yeah, yep. And, yeah. But they were trolling around the wall then. There was no no weed action. It wasn't, and fish weren't found in the weeds back then. They were. Um, it wasn't trendy for Barra to be there. Yeah. So that that Faust one, that Faust mm. session in that that video, damn hot two, I think that was. That, um, yeah, that was with this guy called Ross Jockon, and right. um, he, he was a Faust one. Roscoe uh, Roscoe lived at Aspley in in Brisbane, and. Um, I haven't seen him for ages. He's now living at Gladstone and Facebook friends with him. And he's got family up in Bowen. So I know you hit the bakeries at Bowen has a Jock Iron Bakery and Jock Iron Pies. No way. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a Jock Iron Road there somewhere and um, going off the, the Bruce Highway into a into a, a cattle station too. So it's just hit, you know it's just hit me, Volts. What? We we need to we need to maintain and refresh in our YouTube channel, which has only got one vlog on it. But we should make the intermediate line bakery tour, you know, and just and and go fishing and rate these bakeries because I, I I'm telling you, man, I rate towns based on their bakeries. And one of the things I tell people if they're going past Jinjin is to stop in at the bakery there. Now there's no fish in there. I mean it's close to Mondi, yeah. but uh, but if you haven't stopped in at Jinjin and had a Jinjin bakery sausage roll and an apple pie there, yeah, you you, you haven't lived. You know what? I, I've I've had one there, and I had it with Paul Dolan. Um, we were driving up to Fish Mondoran, and I can confirm that the uh, the baked products at Jinjin Bakery was so fine, so fine that Paul Dolan smiled. And I was waiting for you to say Paul Dolan stopped talking. <laughs> <and it> was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. There was, there was five there. minutes of silence. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> No, guys, I'm joking. Paul is is a fucking funny dude. So, yeah, and, and the joke is is pretty much on me there. But yeah, he's um. Yeah. <laughs> I want to water down my sledge as well, and saying that you know every word that comes out of Paul's mouth is incredibly interesting at the same time. Except when it meets coming about dots and eyes on moon crabs. But let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paul, I know you're listening. That's for you, mate. He's a fishy dude. He's a fishy oh, dude. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. One of the um, fishiest. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, uh, 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 I think, I think it's a good idea though. Like you know, like we do a, a, a bakery review vlog and fish these places and and just do a um, a review on the bakery as part of the vlog. Yes, that's fantastic. It's a great idea, mate. It gives us an yeah. angle. Channel Seven could pick that up. Yeah, it could be like the ultimate armchair sort of catch and cook type thing. You know how a lot of these YouTubers are doing catch and cooks and campouts and shit like that. We could so, be the fishing version of Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we give the meat pies like a pal rating out of five. Five pal yeah. hands. <laughs> Backcast and bakeries. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The nice. only the only zero t- stars they get is if it's all mock cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Plastic turnovers. Um Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool, man. Well, this is this. Okay, yeah. I'll, when I'm in, when I next time I'm in Bowen, I'll uh, I'll check out Jockheimer's Bakery, mate. But your session yeah. at Faust sounds uh, pretty cool. Was there any um, 
was there anything interesting that happened? Any events other than um, than old mate who had to go to work? Look, uh, yeah, there's a lot of the last few times of fish fish fouls, There's been a fair few uh, floating barrel. You know, they're, they're no. Oh, longer... I remember saying that last year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last Kurt, week... Kurt said that when we had him on too. Kurt Rollins, he said, talk about that as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. Uh, talking to a few of the local guys, um, you know, and, and the Luros up there, they reckon the water quality is pretty bad. Um, place needs a flush out, you know, all that sort of um, thing. And, and you know, a lot of, the, you know, some of the barra were, were not in the best condition, you know, but they're also, you know, at the same time, um, yeah, Kyle got a nice, a nice barra that performed so well. You know, like it, it jumped, ah, break ran. it down. There we go. Yeah, Brunt jumped, jumped, ran, jumped again. Fucking ran over there, ran this way, ran that way, jumped again. Head shakes, you know, head shakes. Yeah, ah. angry, angry head shakes. All the things that make barra great, great trifecta, mate. Yeah, the barra yeah, trifecta. Yeah. Jumps, runs, head shakes. Oh mate, this thing this thing could have worked for the the Queensland Tourism Commission. This barrack, you know, <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I got I got a, I got a couple, and, and they were quite variable. Um, one of them, one of them, we called the Kiwi. It didn't do much. And um, <laughs> 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 oh shit, yeah. That's <clears throat> anyways. Um, I wouldn't I know I don't have a, a great fan base in New Zealand. But, yeah, um, we do. They, they love us there, mate. <laughs> All you need to say is pool a couple of times. And they, it's like <laughs> it's like the Kiwis version of us saying fush for them, you know? Pool. So we, we talked up on this one. And it, was a, it was a great fucking setup. <clears throat> Zaino again. And then this, um, you know, I fed this thing a uh, um, uh, Nayat fly, Nayat fly. And, oh, um, yeah. You see any Nayat up in the hills up there? There's a few roaming around. <laughs> I'm not touching that. And then cool. this, um, yeah, and this this uh, this barra just fucking woofed it, and um, and then it dove straight into the weed and stayed there. And then um, and old old Zano, you know, eventually just dug it out, stuck his stuck his hand on his jaw and ripped this thing out like fucking Rambo. And, <laughs> no uh, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. There's there's a barra. You know, take a few photos, let it go. Yeah. God. So um, yeah, risky like that. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so the, the barras there, they're, um, you know, you'll see photos where some of them look, you know, like a really healthy fish <coughs> that, that looks. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Sorry, mate. That's all right. Peed up like a, you know, it's like a, an old Commodore, something yep. like that. Um, I tell you what we did see, which was, which, I don't want to say, was, in, was sort of interesting. We saw these two dingoes round up a couple of calves, eh? Um, some, some calves there, and it was right near the station. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and it um, and they just these calves ran to their you know to to the to the flock so to speak or the herd, yeah. and then the, the dingoes ran off. But it's um, you know it's sort of weird to see fairly close up. Um, what colour yeah. the dingoes? Your classic sandy coloured ones? Uh you know what? One was, and one looked like it had. Yeah, I'll say a lot of them look like this, but um, it looked like uh, it had German Shepherd Alsatian type colours. Um, that, that you mean like Doberman type colours, like that um, Rottweiler type colours? You mean, or no? Oh, more more like an Alsatian, mate. You know. Oh like, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know they, like, they 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 um they're nat naturally black, like some some of them are, like yeah, uh, yeah. like a kelpie. Yeah, like a kelpie. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That, 
Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so riveting facts. Not moving on from. Oh, I, I find all this stuff in, interconnected. You know, like it's yeah. um, it's Tangent just man. Like, it's like being being part of the Leopard Trail. Tangents know, but, are us. <laughs> That's us. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, there's some fine cattle up there too, mate. Plenty. Of, oh plenty yeah, of... mate. Do you see any pole herefords, mate? No, mostly Brahmins. Yeah. Brahmins, you reckon? Eh? Yeah, drought yeah, masters. With them, with them drought drought masters. Yeah, drought masters. Oh yeah. The big, big snapper humps and and yeah. you know, scrotum necks. You know, many yeah, many head of cattle, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah that's been, been a bit of time around the cattle. Yeah. 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 You, you there, mate? Yeah. I'm there. I'm there. Yeah. Right. Got you. So, so these things were, um, these cows were, these cattle, and uh, there's a few bulls. The bulls, big bulls, were fucking fine being solitary, but the cows sort of made a herd, and these things got fucked off, mate. Um, oh, yep. Yeah. yeah, I thought you were going straight into a massive cattle report. Then I was, I was going to be really impressed. <clears throat> Not me, mate. I was just looking at them going, the, the future of our bakery tour is secure in this. <laughs> <laughs> is that because of the cream? <laughs> well, no, no more cream. Plenty of cream. <laughs> you could, you could milk the bull if you want, mate. But I'll, I'll, <laughs> Isn't your nickname Kingpin from that trip? I believe. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah so uh, someone else sorry yeah yeah just, so steak and mushrooms my poison i reckon um when this bakery tour i'm gonna i'm gonna set the definitive steak and mushroom pie tour yeah nice yeah. nice yeah, yeah. and yeah, none, of this, gonna... none of this mince either like no, no fucking beef mince i want fucking proper chunky steak chunky stuff yeah i gotcha yeah and proper mushrooms yeah, yeah. Well, uh, like you know, like I'll, I'll I'll take a range of the hot hot um, you know pastries, but um, but when it comes to the sweets part, mate, I'm gonna try out my my specialty is gonna be apple pies, right? I don't apple mind pies. apple pie. Yeah, right. I okay. judge I, I I judge the crust. I judge the the you know like whether they make it their own apples, yeah, or they or they use the tinned apples. Right. You know, there's a there's a big range. But, What's your uh, favourite? Do you like do you like the tinned apple or do you no, prefer the, no. yeah, the home the home stew? I like the chunky stuff. I like the stuff with the uh, with the apples with the skin on it still. You know, that's Green. where it's at. Nice short pastry too, like the stuff that crumbles, not the soft doughy shit. You okay. know, yep. I mean, yep. if you're this, if you run a bakery, mate, you know, get your shit together. Like, just get a nice apple pie going, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Sell the jet ski, and and from that money. Get someone who, who, you know, like a little labourer who can just chop up the uh, apples for you. It's not hard. Sure. Mm-hmm. Not hard, mate. Not hard. Not hard. No. Yeah. Yeah. Look, um, no, mate. I think it's, I think it's got legs that that idea, mate. And we can, uh, we can, we can look into that a bit further on. But okay, so, so what I'm picking up from what you're putting down is yeah. that, you know, the, for the majority of the trip was sort of saved by, by having that uh, wonderful empowerment there, but. You know, I know, I know that um, we sort of started off that discussion and it morphed into Faust. But you know, um, you must have had some some successes, or even near successes, that you could um, elaborate in the salt still, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So, okay, um, <clears throat> we had a we had one picture of that. this. Start this with like that. Picture this, boys. Yeah. So one of the things. <laughs> um, yeah. One of the, one of our fa- favorite things is just fucking. Finding a, a nice reef edge, um, 
and that that in itself is not you know the right time of day the you know the current pushing against it um there's a bit little bit of luck in it as well but all the usual sort of you know fishy factors go in come into account you find yourself a reef edge and, and you you hammer it um and we just ended up fishing um <coughs> clouses so i'd as you know i'd got that um you'll probably end up seeing it in a few photos but um you remember that um that uh we called it the once in a lifetime bucktail um, oh the mega you made yeah. the me- mega clouser right yeah yeah. yeah 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 the eight inch showstopper so yeah anyway so i tied up um i tied up some um showstopper clouses and some of those tungsten eyes mm-hmm. you know those large offset tungsten eyes from oh, the ones you mean yeah yep. yeah um Anyways, and I just wanted to have some presence and get down deep, and um, and that came off good. Like we had one of those trip turning sessions where um, it was I want to say Fisher cast, but it was on man. Like um, you know, Kyle's got this uncanny ability to out trout me. Like he, no matter what happens, he ends up getting the biggest fucking coral trout for the trip. And Let me ask you this: yeah. Is Kyle wearing a vest? <laughs> <laughs> Did he have all power patches on his sunshine? <laughs> Did he strip strike? No. <laughs> yeah, so he, he once again he you know, for the fifth year in a row he, he gets the trout crown. Um and you know, I had to I had to make do with, with miscellaneous things. Um so anyway we I lucked out and I got a fish I'd never thought I thought they were a deep water only fish, um red throat emperor. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, this this thing, you know, it pulled like a proper fly tire. It was great, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was, was it by itself had enemies everywhere and as well, did it? Oh yeah, yeah, it was it was belligerent as fuck, you know, and belligerent. Yeah. yeah, you know, and obviously it was red, you know, wanted to fight everything. So Ooh, first anyway. color gets lost underwater too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was pretty fortunate. Um, that that thing hit hit the um, the showstopper clouser and. Um, yeah, and that was about it. And I, I only tied up about six of these these big clouses. Um, that's a big fly, man. For a, that must have been a pretty decent red throat, right? Yeah, it was pretty. Um, I, I didn't. I should probably didn't measure it, but just, well, just knew that it was whatever was the legal length. This thing was bigger. Um, and anyways, the um, yeah, uh, that that was that was cool. I I love catching new species, and and that was a new one for me. Um, so yeah, that were that was that was awesome. Um, yeah, Kyle got a nice uh, a nice um, you know coral trout, like I said, and there's a few other bits. Oh, I got the the mother of all Spanish flags too. Like uh, for me, it was a big one. I think I think I sent you a picture of it. I just put it on the on the um, on the deck next to the next to the rod and reel. It's a little bit longer than the than the rod button handle, and you know maybe maybe the first yeah you did send that. Actually, that was a five-line sea perch, dude. Is it? Sorry. Well, there you go. The five-line sea perch it was a PB for me, and yep. uh, and that thing um, we uh, we thought due to its outstanding genetics um, that we'd let it go. And um, oh, <laughs> yeah, good idea to to, yeah. to maintain the the popular um, the the gene pool in the area. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mate. Get the genus pool happening. Yeah. I understand. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So um, we had that. Um, that was a cool little session, and it was uh, you know it was over like it began. It was just fucking on, 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 and then you know we drifted off the spot, and I don't know. It just sort of oh, that's right. We left it to go f- to to catch the tide at this 
at this offshore flat. Now, we got to this offshore flat, and it was um, uh, which bit to start with. We did two drifts. The first drift was all like it was pretty monotonous. We it was our first time at this particular flat, um, mm-hmm. and um, there was a bit of a crest in the flat, and um, we we're on one side, and on the other side of the crest. You mean you mean okay? So when you say crest, you mean like a uh, a shallow bank that's just, like yeah. wasn't wasn't allowing you to pass from one side of the flat to the other. Correct. Yeah, that, right. that's probably a better way to paint the picture. It was impossible. Yep. And on the other side of this thing, there was um, we could clearly see a, a pretty big school of um, bumphead parrotfish. You know, I was I was pretty keen to go floss the fuck out of them. Um, <laughs> and we watched these things. It's a pretty big flat, and we didn't want to. We didn't want to fish it out to you know, like we didn't want to burn everything to get over there. Yep. And um, so we we're just drifting along and keeping an eye on these things, you know, just just in case. I had this bright orange crab with a big sharp hook on it. I was going to say, did you have a, a bright orange flexo with a treble on it? <laughs> Anyways, no, <laughs> no, no, okay, no, no, no. and somewhere along the line, this. Out of nowhere, Kyle goes, Oh, tailing permit. I go, Where? He goes, Just there. And right, you know, right in my in my fucking zone, like, you know, my part of the boat that I was, you know, my allotted area. There's there's <laughs> probably three three reasonable sized blockies. Um, yep. fucking tails in here. I'm like, God damn. Anyway, so um so I threw my tan shrimp on, which mm-hmm. is my, my catch all. Um, yep. And, uh, yeah, completely ignored me and just disappeared, you know, just like that. Just came from nowhere. The only reason you could see these things. I know. The only thing you could see was their tails above the water. And, you know, when they were doing that, you could connect the, you know, the shape of the fish underwater. But, man, as soon as they come off the tail and went a couple of feet, they were gone. It was a bit cloudy or something, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it was a broken bottom colour, like a... Like it wasn't a not like a pure sand flat. There was all sorts of, you know, shit. And um, it was actually a fair bit of algae um, on on most of the flats we fished. And, right. Um, yeah. So that wasn't uh, that wasn't any much good. Uh, mm. Well, exciting. And then we we got to the end of the drift, and we were going to go go around and reposition, and couldn't never find this school of um, <coughs> bumpies again. But um, anyway, as luck would have it, we were drifting. A little bit further down and um Kyle goes you want to have a shot at this massive tusky and i'm like where and this this thing I, th- I thought was a rock was a blue rock was a fucking wasn't a tusky it was a fucking um excuse me saying fucking um it was a, there was a fucking was a, 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 a bumpy and you know it was one one lone bumpy and it was grubbing along the bottom and i threw him a, a catch-all my, my tan shrimp at it and, and um um I got to point out here. I was using um, I got Dill from Dill's Hand Tied Flies. I know he's. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want me to mention this because I know he's going to stock flies rather than you know custom orders. But I sort of convinced him to do a custom order of this tan shrimp, and um, you know my my instructions were I wanted something which didn't tangle and you know always rested on the bottom the right way up, and you know really adjusted the weight on this thing anyway. So. I was pretty confident with it. Um, there's still a couple little tweaks I want to make to it, but I'll, I'll get on to Dill, you know, in the next few weeks and um, go well, with that. It's a secret shrimp, is it? Not really a secret. It's it's just a, you know, a refinement, you know. Right. Like, you know, you know how it is. You, 
you get a you get a good fly. It looks great, but then you think, well, I'd you learn stuff from do. looking it in the water. Exactly. You know, yeah. you, you just like you always say, you follow the beef. You know, just because you think something should work doesn't mean you know it will work or that it couldn't work better. Like you know, so yeah, and we, no one's to know yeah. until until it's in the water. Pretty well. That's right. Yeah, that, and there's only one way to, like you say, you got to let the fish be the judge. Anyway, so I got this thing, and I'm I'm fishing it along the bottom to this um to this bumpy, and um, this tusky was wasn't a tusky, it was a bumpy, and um, it tracked it, and I thought, oh shit, this could be a legit eat if it happens. And it tracked it for maybe three or four feet, and then it then it just you know it was only teasing me, mate, it was doing it out of curiosity, you know, and then um and then it just went off, and we never saw it again. Um, then we uh, we drifted onto another reef edge at, at the end of this this drift, and um, and this thing looks so juicy, man! Like it was dropping straight in from you know like wading depth straight into like maybe fifteen meters of water, something, and uh, mm. really really jagged edge and current hitting it, and um, anyway, and it was sort of like on the edge of an island, and we um, Kyle's going, oh look at that, what's that? It's just GT. The big GT just sitting up on the on the pressure point. And oh Kyle, yeah, how how deep? Oh, it was fifteen meters, but GT was just under the surface. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, and there was a school of fusies. There. It was a classic setup. Yeah, and um, and anyway, you know, um, Kyle flips a, his little tan shrimpy at it, and um, and um, uh, this thing charges it for a little bit in its own half-hearted way, and. Then just swims under the boat and ignores everything. So <clears throat> there was that, and um, yeah, and then um, then we repositioned on another part of the flat. It's a big flat, and the moment we came off the plane and sort of drifted the boat. When I say boat settled, it sort of stopped. And you know, when you, you start to be paying attention to what's going on, you know you're not going to hit anything. Kyle goes, "Oh, you better get ready." You know, um, he uses a, a word. Anyway, you better get ready, can't. Anyway, um, <laughs> boy, what's up? You know, and I could tell by by his his uh, use of the C bomb that you know shit was about to go down. I said, what, shit "What's happening?" Real. He goes, yeah. oh, these, "These two big fish over here. What are they?" I'm like, "Look up. There's two GTs." And it was, honestly, mate, they looked like they were asleep, and they're you know they're in about three foot of water, and these things were nice. Yeah. I've caught a few big GTs on poppers over the years. So mm -hmm. I know, you know, I've got a fair estimate of size, and I, got, I called these 50, 60 pounds. And um, I, big um, yeah, I had I had the old catch all on the tan shrimp on a nine weight and, and fucking twenty pound tippet. And um, what do you do? You're like, oh, you know, I'm going to get the eat, then I'm going to worry. So that was your <laughs> way of thinking at the time. Yeah, yeah. So I pegged this shrimp right at the lead fish's eye, like. Didn't want to lead him too much. To be honest, I, I, I probably was trying to lead him by about a foot, but I, I pulled it back a little bit and it and it, it literally landed next to this thing's eye and it sort of just really gently followed it to the bottom, picked the fly off the bottom. I set the hook twice. I was like, holy fuck, this is going to go down. You know, this is because I've always said that most fish the cover the fish i cover the most on the flats would be a big gt it's a, you know it's a big hole in my, my fly resume and um anyway this thing um this thing hits a fly and i fucking set the hook and it's a little size size sort of one i think it was a mustad c71 or something like that right yeah a little like 
big game light or light big game, whatever they call that hook. I can't even remember. And um, anyways, and I thought, oh, shit, what's that the hook? And I'm, then I go to clearing the line. I'm concentrating on clearing the line. And, you know, I see the line's gone around the throttle control on the console. And I fucking kick oh. that off with me <laughs> big toe. And I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> and then, then the line goes slack. And um, the hook had fallen out. Um, oh. So yeah, I don't. I mustn't have said it. Like the jaw pressure or the or the the pegs on this thing are just you know just I couldn't it prevented me from seating the hook properly. And in because I was trying for a jaw hinge hook up, I knew with a twenty pound tip, it I have to keep it away from his teeth. And, oh come on, um, man! There's no control over that. Yeah, you just got to take your chances. Hey, you know you you roll the dice and see what happens. And and um, yeah, so strangely enough, I was. I was I was pretty calm about that. I don't know, I don't know why I can't explain it, but I I can't even explain. I just knew it was going to eat when I threw at it, and um, and somehow it I don't know, man. So it's another another big GT on the flats um, that I've lost now. Um, so yeah, that's what was going through your mind at that point in time. Uh, you know, to be to be honest, man, I was expecting thoughts of self doubt and. Mm loathing to set mm. in but mm. you know they didn't last very long um <laughs> no i was to be honest i uh, and i don't want to sound like a suck but i was i was just thrilled to have the opportunity man it was great I, I, you know what yeah. I, I would feel the same way you know like at the end of the day i'm not going to eat it the only thing you missed out on was a photo really at the end of the day. yeah yeah i mean a long Probably long drawn out fight. yeah yeah I'm, yeah man exactly and, and like i mean that that is cool i suppose while you've got a goal on the end of the line but yeah you know yourself like i mean i don't know for a fish you've caught a lot of that that you know it does cause a lot of pain like a long tail or something like that if you drop one you're like well i got the eat pretty happy with that yeah 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 Yeah. well it's funny you should mention that we'll we'll come back we'll circle back to long tails later right mate so anyway um you know from there i had this i had this bit of a buzz yeah sure i was a bit a bit fucking filth on the inside but you know um I was I was still still pretty pretty high you know on on that opportunity and um and you know we did that drift out on um, and uh, Kyle got a few more she got a, he got another shot at some block eyes that came and went from nowhere disappeared into nowhere um and that once again a reasonable medium sized fish and then um anyway the tide height started to look wrong and and you know we we did want to explore more so we went off to another spot um you know a spot someone had, had told us about in the past one of the and it's a really small discreet spot mm. uh, and i find a lot of those spots are and you'll only find them by putting in the hard miles like google earth will not show you what these spots actually look like and you know you're not gonna um you're not gonna you, you know you're gonna find them by by doing your own your own work um or watching <laughs> youtube anyway um Mm, like catch a cook yeah yeah so we um we hit this spot and for one for for one reason or another this small spot has had a few tuskies on it um and um uh i think it was my well it, i was down the back and um Kyle's up front and we saw we had a few shots in quick succession my i found one in a you know just appeared in my quadrant and um <laughs> uh, he was he was a happy fish feeding and, okay maverick uh, and i fed him from a distance and you know it it's funny like when when fishing's tough and you know um you gotta you gotta do you know pays 
pace to be a little bit more tactical, take your distance uh, shots from a distance, and and you know all this before you go on the water, right? Like it just makes sense, but you don't, um, you know, when when you're actually there and doing it, it takes a bit of self control to go. You know, well, I'm going to back off. I'm going to wait till it's doing this, and then, you know, I'm going to put the fly there, and you know, the current's going to do this, and you know, blah blah blah. And you try to, you try to. I don't want to say triangulate, but you know, there's a few few different f- factors at play. You got to you got to understand them and, and play to them more. And um, and yeah, when when like clockwork, uh, fed this thing. Um, it was a reasonable size tusky. He made it back to cover twice. I had no control over it for for ages of this fight. And in fact, when when I got it in, it, it had you know serious scrapes down one side of its fish where uh, flank and gill plate where it had made it back home, and I pulled it back out. Mm. So um, <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, we got we got that one. I was uh, I was happy, but uh, mate, I'd I'd be lying the over if I had to nominate the, the the emotion I felt the most at that point in time was relief, you know, because this was on day four or five or something, and we'd been doing it pretty tough, and um, and you know, so getting getting that, you know, and that's that's the fish, you know, I sort of always measure a. That's your totem, isn't it? That that fish, yeah, yeah. right? That's you know, way of putting it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. your yeah. Uh, that's yeah. your spirit animal, right? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, yeah. It's it, got funny teeth. It's got, and you know, it's uh, it, it, I enjoy stocky. Doing it. Scales <laughs> are like the pelt of the ocean, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> for you, like heading heading out to the wits, like that's um, that's that's the species you're you're you know envisaging the most, right? You'll take yeah, a mixed yeah. bag, but the, that's the pinnacle. That's well. Pinnacle's probably the wrong word, but that's the one that's got the highest anticipation for you guys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one we we talk about the most. And yeah. anyway, um, and <clears throat> that was a that was it was good. There was a there was a sense of relief, and you know, for for me, I was like, well, that's it. You know, we come here to I can sit down. Now. Yeah, let let's get let's, let's go get to the bakery. You, let's get you one. Yeah. yeah, and um, and then um, the lights went out. Like um, when I put up the photos, I, I think. I've already sent you some. There, there's like you'll see the clouds, you know, um, come and go in those shots, and it, the lights go out, the sun comes out, you know, it's it's on and off and stuff, and um, um, and you know, the uh, yeah, it was it was challenging, and uh, and that didn't that sort of situation didn't improve the whole the whole trip, you know. Like in fact, there were days when we'd we'd sort of. You know, get out on the water and look north or south and see which one had the most gaps in the cloud and head in that direction. You know, mm-hmm. um, and um, you know it's fascinating watching how clouds form over over mountains or islands and that sort of thing. Um, topical gra- you know, topographical condensation, mate. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, and you know, that read, word yeah. as well. Yeah, oh. it was it's incredible. Like these Thanks. these mountains are like like the the dentition of the sea. Yeah, and um. <laughs> they really are. Yeah, and you know what? I reckon if you had a you had a big enough topiary or to- topiary or whatever you called it, you know, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd get a cloud over that too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Some so, of my best work is at Mon Repo, actually. <laughs> There's a good bakery there. I've heard. Yeah, 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 best pies going. Apple pies, that is. Yeah, yeah, and croissants. Skin yeah. on. Oh yeah, croissants. Yeah, it's French bakery, Mon Repo. Um, gotcha. <laughs> it sounds it sounds like a uh, a pretty cool trip, man. So it's um, you know, you, you wouldn't. I mean, like you said earlier on, this is you know, like your tenth trip doing this up there, right? And um, this wouldn't be your highlight trip, but you still got it done. Make the most, make the most out of um, some trying conditions. 
Or made it yeah. still first out of a sow's ear, so they say, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I had to summarise it, we, we ended up doing a, a lot of kilometres, like I said, looking for those opportunities. And the upside of that was that we, um, we, we sought out and found you know, new to us sort of spots, and you know, once again, we had a we had a, a few uh, a bit of help saying, "Why don't you go and have a look in that direction or something like that?" And you know what? It, there's that spirit of adventure um, that comes with you know, you know, you're not the first person to fish here. It's a stupid notion, but you know, you go there and you don't see, um, you know, you don't see evidence of of many other boats or something like that. I tell you what was funny though. There was one day um, we fit, we went out to this offshore island took ages to get there and we bashed it into the um <clears throat> into the wind to get there for like a good sort of 45 minutes an hour anyway and kyle's going oh look at that the mother of all fucking tuskies we could see this thing from about 50 meters eh? yeah yeah and we're stalking this thing getting closer which way is it facing you know what's it doing and you know, oh, I don't know, man. It's fuck. It's lit up, eh? You know, it's 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 got to be crankier. It's feeding and doing something, you know. And anyway, we put the stalk on this thing, and we get into about fifteen meters, and something sus. This thing's bright and lit up, not doing fuck all. Though. It's not moving around, and then got even closer. I, I can't remember if if um, Kyle even had a shot. I I think he might have had a couple of casts, just to be sure. Yeah, and we we get over, and it was like um. Was like a an old blue, um, say bucket or jerry can or something. <laughs> as you as you're saying this, I had visions of like making plastic, bright blue plastic cutouts out of, um, <laughs> out of like a like a 44 gallon detergent drum or something like that, and just uh, staking yeah. them, being a little smart ass and staking them down in the sand on these outer islands, thinking get dudes like you every time, you know, or me, I mean anyone, you know. But it, that's what that's what it turns out to be. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it was so good. And, you know, like I said, there's a bit of algae on these flats. And, and what we thought was fish moving was just the algae in the, in the current um, sort of waving around near this thing and gave the impression that, you know, it, it was feeding or doing something. How easy is it, no matter how experienced you are, to get, like, I, I call it flats fever. I don't know <laughs> if, you know, but, like, to, like, no matter how experienced you are, like, the, when I'm on the flats, I, if I see something, first thing I have to say to myself is, is it moving or am I moving? Unless it's completely obvious, obviously, but most times when you're looking at looking at fish, like sometimes you're just seeing something moving, you know. Like uh, yeah. not most times, a lot a lot of the times, you know what I mean. It's uh, I know exactly what you mean, mate. And and you know what I think, you know, if you've done a bit of time chasing bastards, I think they're the classic rock fish. You know, like they're a fish that sometimes won't move for a long period of time, and they look fairly stationary and stiff, and not move, and and they can look like a rock. And Isn't quite that the rock worst rock feeling? Rock. Sorry, right? Okay. And quite often, rocks can look like bastards, you know. But isn't that the worst feeling, though, like, to get to, to call it for a rock? I might just go in and have a look. Like, you, for starters, you've made the decision to rock, but you can't help but go in and have a look. And you go in and have a look, and it moves. You're like, oh, you motherfucker, man. <laughs> you know, I've just driven over that thing. It's, uh, but, yeah, that and, uh, and like, when you, when you start to realise that, like, uh, you know, if, if the day's long and a few fish have scooted past you, you know, like, you've seen them just as they've seen you or something like that, then you start to sort of say to yourself, well, I'm going to have to make quicker decisions, you know, because I want, I want to convert a few more before I go in. So that's when that's when the divots or the, you know, like, uh, you know, things that don't move start to be, there's one, no, no, it's not. You know, that's 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 the flat speed when it kicks in when when you're not you're not of right mind to start assessing stuff, you know, but that yeah. blue drum would have been, a, you know, like a classic flats fever, you know, right there. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll send you the photo of it, mate. It was... Um... It was so. It was such a funny moment. Oh, you, you know, you just ruined it, mate. You could have put this. You could have put a picture up 
I don't know the photo, I haven't seen it, but you could have put a picture on your Instagram going, look at this Tusky, and seen how many people going, look at that thing, that thing's huge, you know? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do it. I'll put it on my um, I'll put it on my page, all right, and then I won't say. I'll just do say it tomorrow. Look. Do it tonight or tomorrow morning or something before this we, this actually airs, and then okay. people will listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully people listen to this and go, oh, motherfucker. Yeah. Rascals. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Yep, I'll do it. I'll call her the mother of all Tuskies or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look yeah. at this thing. You be, put this put this amazing caption there like, ah, oh, mate, like the seas were just completely pointing in this direction. Mother Earth was giving this opportunity and we stumbled across this remote isle. Just paint this picture of this, how <laughs> awesome was presented with this opportunity. And um, then just right at the bottom, like, yeah, stay tuned till tomorrow to, to hear how it went. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, please don't, please don't give up the game when you listen to the potty. You know? yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you know. Say I know, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What a, what an opportunity. Yeah, maybe just get on and go. What an opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it was, it was good, man. Yeah, stalking this, 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 uh, this drum or bucket or whatever this blue fucking plastic thing was, was, was just, uh, yeah, it was Phil's gold, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, yeah. man. That's, um, that sounds like a riveting trip, and I think for the sake of our time on the podcast, we're going to have to cover a few more things before we before we get out of here, which will probably take up the next hour, you know, potentially, but um, it's been a long time since we've done the podcast, it's been the two weeks in a part, I think um, since the last time I was out there, um, um, I, I haven't been fishing much at all uh, since I caught that turtle, in fact, and, um, <laughs> because... Because my motor died, and um, yeah, right. Well, your electric, electric motor. Yeah, yeah, my electric motor. I, I won't even use my boat if I don't have an electric motor. It's just it's as essential as being able to float for me, you know. Yeah. Um, so I got a Minn Kota 55 pound bow mount on the front. Um, I it's an iPilot. I had that thing, as you can tell, where this is going. When I just said I had that thing, well, I already said it died, so that's no secret. But it died. It's about it's been flogged since about 2011. It's had a really good life, but. I cooked the I cooked the heading sensor, the comp, inside the head, and um, I also cooked the motherboard. So I needed it, huh? How'd you do that? Or is it just old as fuck? Or? I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know what? I reckon this is how it happened, mate. I I um I fished some flats um, yeah. a couple of weeks earlier, and I um I ran a, I was I was in extremely shallow water, not paying attention, and mm. the motor came up on the shallow water. Like it was just it was flicking uh. the. I had it pulled right up. My boat my boat draws in some pretty shallow water. Like it can. It can, I can get that thing to move along with electric motor uh, in you know, 200 mil of water, you know, or, or probably a bit less, and um, you know, seven, eight inches. But and the motor's just like flicking on the surface. But I, um, but I hit ground on full noise, like on bunny, and the and the prop stopped, but it was still on bunny. So if I, I didn't have it up until um, up until this happened, I didn't have a breaker in my yeah. in my line. So I think potentially it drew that much power. That it's uh, potentially cooked those um, those items there. So let this be a lesson That's to you, folks. Look, huh? you, you think of the things that could happen. Could 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 pop the shear pin, um, but you know that break. Yeah, you should. I know. Well, I wouldn't have thought to do a break of it um, when when I wired mine up. I had a bit of help from um, from Troy at Min Repairs. Um, well, yeah. Troy, well, Troy's the one who actually um, like a some time ago. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. Well, he bought he bought a like um we did a, we did a bit of a swap for a vice and um some materials and stuff like that and he gave me um, a Minko to waterproof plug and um and a breaker 
and that was like nearly 12 months ago <laughs> and it's been sitting there ever since um <laughs> So it's my fault to have not fitted that. So I took it down to Troy, and he's just gone, yeah, this thing's FUBAR. You, you need a new one. And he, and he hooked me up with a new one, and I got one of the new um, Bluetooth modules and stuff like that um, on the bow now. It's a really sexy little, little kit. Um, so when I cut home and wired that up, I also um, I also installed the uh, flush mount Mincota waterproof plug, which is pretty sexy thing. There's nothing for the fly on to catch on. I used to have an Anderson plug there. And, um, yep. Even though I soldered the ferrules on, uh, I, I, which which I did quite thoroughly, I just I just put those things in some vice grips. They sat upside down, and I mm-hmm. uh, I filled it full of solder, and I used a blowtorch to just make it molten solder, and I just mm-hmm. chucked the wire in there, and just sucked it up. You couldn't get a better connection, but they still rusted. Yeah, um, they still went out, and I think that even that rusty connection, like those Anderson plugs, unless they can changed every year or something like that, they probably create a fair bit of resistance as well, which probably didn't lend itself to being any good to the uh sure. motherboard or heading sensor and stuff like that but the the mincota flush flush me a plug not not cheap but fuck it's pretty good i really like it um um so that and i put a 60 amp breaker in waterproof breaker that like, troy gave us as well and um yeah she's apples man and I tell you man those new bluetooth motors the mincota motors are um fucking incredible mate like i um i took it out since just just sort of took it out because i fitted something else that we'll talk about in a second but um that's also got to do with Troy uh, um, as well, and um, and the and the spot lock. Like I mean, the old one I used to put in the wind, and the, and the wind would blow me off it. Like when the spot lock thinks it's got its shit together, yeah. the wind would blow me off, and it would sail back five meters before it realised it's off the mark, and then it hit the bunny to come up. And if you're fishing sinking lines and stuff like that, and you're counting things down, you can't have the motor do that, you know. But the new spot lock, I couldn't believe how accurate it was. Like it it says it's within five feet. It's definitely more accurate than that. That's the yeah. one I had to install a, a, a heading sensor down the back, uh, which was in, in conjunction with the one that's in the unit. So I've got two, that puck down the back now. Yep. Yeah, yep. which a lot of people will know about. This is not new technology. It's just me being such a tight ass and not getting one for what, 11 years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, Troy hooked us up with that. He, um, you know, was um, made great service because I mean, I, I, I fit it all myself, although it was pretty easy. You know, there's some certain things that I had to do with outside of the, manuals uh and, and stuff like that you know he's got a lot of videos on his on his website um on his facebook page that had to do with the installation as well which i've always overlooked like he did this thing called uh, tech fridays i think it was called and it was just all simple simple stuff you know but um uh if, if anyone's listening to that you know you had to head to, head to min repairs on um on facebook and go to the videos section and if you've got a min min coder um of, of any model Check out those Tech Fridays. Like it's it's fucking awesome. Some of that stuff. Some of it's really simple. Some of it's you know, but there's always some sort of detail in it that you that you overlook. Like the level and the depth of uh, of Troy's knowledge with some of those things. Like I reckon I reckon it'd be safe to say that 90 percent of people don't use all the features that it's possible in that Mincota. But Troy explains it in practical terms, like the jogging features and uh, you know and all that sort of stuff, or following contours and or tying it in with your with your sounder. You know, as in like they talk to each other via Bluetooth and things like that. You know, um, he's been he's pretty good to deal with like that. I mean, as opposed to sort of just I don't know, buying it from a shop that stocks stocks Mincota and it's, there you go. There's the manual. You can find some stuff online. Let me know how you go. Choice yeah. service is second to none, mate. I can't speak high enough of the guy. Hey? Every transaction I've had with Troy has been um, has been you know just a pleasure to deal with. And and I want to say it's it's rare in the in the um, in the boating or marine industry, at least, to, to have such reliably good advice, eh? 
Mm. Um, he's, he's such a good dude. Um, he's moving too. Did you know that? I did hear that. And um, bigger and better premises, I hear. Yeah, so he's, um, well, you'll find, people will find details on his social media. I think he's closing for a week while he's moving. But mm. uh, he's moving a little bit further north. He's at the Bribey Island turnoff, I believe. Not that that matters if you're anywhere around the country. If you're listening to this and you're going, yeah, well, that sounds cool if you're in Queensland. Troy um, services motors from all around Australia. Heaps of people, a lot of professionals, like, sending their motors and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, even on his page, you go there, it's it's worth getting your motor service, that's for sure. Like, uh, people people put things like, oh, my motor's 10 years old and they've never had a problem with it. And Troy opens it up and inside that armature's just, you know... Yeah, yeah, mate. It looks it looks like a it looks like a, a a cinnamon container, just full of rust. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> cinnamon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> oh, that was a good night. Um, <clears throat> um, I was going to say. So yeah. So it's uh, yeah. yeah, man. Worth 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 um worth noting that for people that are interested in uh, maintaining or or even buying uh, electric motors or parts or or what have you. You know, the guy is um the guy is the beef master. <laughs> they don't call him Des yeah. Troy for nothing. <laughs> old um, old Des Troy. Um, uh, I got a I got a lithium battery off him recently. Hey. Eh? Yep. Uh, yeah, I got. Uh, he's I think he's an agent for. It's called Green Marine. Anyway, Green uh, Marine. So yeah. Like like Green Limousine Marine. Yeah, that's the one. Ah, something like that. It's late night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This thing. Uh, I got a new cranking battery. Um, and I've been running two, two cranks on mine. One is a house battery, and one is a you know dedicated motor crank. All these and, cranking um, jokes just came to my mind. Then I feel like I feel like we've spoken about this, haven't we, or not? Possibly. We, you know, tell, you, you and I more. always do crank jokes, man. But um, <laughs> anyway, I, I ditched. Long story short, I ditched two two crank batteries. I probably saved. 50 60 kilos somewhere down there and then i went from a night um a uh, 36 volt to a 24 volt battery a year or two back a uh, 24 volt system um on a bow mount a year or two back did you and just have I, a 36 volt motor did you yeah 101 pound minkota oh yeah gotcha yeah yeah and anyway and i i think i said i was fortunate enough to win a, a competition where i got a 20 volt uh 24 volt um 50 amp hour battery uh, yep. lithium battery anyway so that. in total yeah in total i probably probably lost around oh, i don't know 130 140 kilos out of the boat and mate this thing handles so much better um without that that sort of weight particularly noticeable was the weight from missing from down the back um mm. where where i'd had my cranks previously um and and troy had said listen mate these green marines are are like so good and the the app that comes with them and a battery management system is just first class like you can literally see when you've turned you know turned your motor over and it's you know charged up the the you know the alternators charge the um the battery it's 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 pretty cool like the diagnostics on it um and yeah like i said the weight is just amazing uh, mm. you know the only time it sucks is when you buy them. It's sort of they're they're not cheap, and you know maybe they'll come down in time. But mate, I have not regret one second. It's it's so good. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. Um, yeah. People who are listening to the show will notice that at the beginning of the show that we've um, that we have taken on a, a new sponsor, which also ties in with Troy as well. I feel like How's we it? we want to yeah. Well, it's um, Troy is um, well. Let me get to the the sponsor first. So. You would have heard we uh, we've we've uh, t- 
taken on association with uh, Powerpole uh, direct from the United States um, as, as a sponsor on the show. Um, mm-hmm. The way that ties into Troy is that Troy is an, an agent for, for Powerpole as well. You know, so he can uh, motor, he can sell them, service them, all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, pretty interesting there tie in there. I reckon pretty good one. Um, yeah. But yeah, like so, you know, I, I think it's be, I could speak on behalf and say we're pretty excited about that because um, with all the sponsors that we we take on with the show that we've mentioned on here, you know, we we have dropped one sponsor in the past, um, and mm-hmm. I mean that's that's purely on on ethical reasons. Um, and that wasn't a light decision to, to drop them um, for us, but um, but everyone else that we've taken on and, and worked with, you know, it, it, on the flip side of those ethical reasons, we, uh, we 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 believe in the product and we use it. And uh, Power is no different, you know. Like it's um, a lot of our friends who are professionals have used them in the past. We've both been on boats that have used them. They are the originators in those um, shallow water anchors. And um, you know, like I mean, really, they're they're the they're the market leaders in that sort of stuff. And man, I'm I'm, I'm um, I don't know you've old, so I'm sure I could speak on behalf of you and saying that we're both pretty proud for that association. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. Um, yeah, I'm proud. I'm proud of it too. And you know, to to be associated with, so, you know, something as innovative and market leading as that is is fantastic. Um, you know, I know. Uh, you know, in the next couple of months, we'll we'll have them both fitted to our boats. Um, well, we, we I already got one fitted to my yeah. boat. So, so um, so you and I got two different boats. So we we'd have two different models of of the power pole. Uh, mm. So, what I've got, I can talk about mine, I guess, because that's when I said um, I went out another time was to uh, to just test out the motor, um, and I also test out this unit that's um, bolted on the back. I've got the power pole mini, which is mm. um, probably most associated with in Australia with people putting them on the back of kayaks, but. Um, but the mini is able to be to handle boats up to 1500 pounds which mine well and truly comes under that i've got a, a 3.9 or four meter if you like um genuine boston whaler now if you've got an aussie whaler or a markham whale don't send me pictures telling me you got the same boat you don't, <laughs> you don't okay it's nothing like it <laughs> your four meter boat is maxed out with a 15 horsepower mine's got a 50 on the back it's a different boat okay so we've established that but it's light as fuck. If the whole hull is only, um, I think, 250 kilos, and the the engine's like barely 100. I think. I think. I don't know. 120. I think it is actually. Well. Wow. So it's over 100. So it's lot. It's way under that 1500 pounds. But the um, but the mini is a um, it works with the sand spike. So I, I, we talked about the sand spike on the show. Like I, I got the sand spike just like just before power pole came on with us, and um, I used that on the flats. And holy shit, man, that thing is friggin' awesome, eh? You know, like that yeah. the sand spike. I've normally been the person to just hover in the one spot with my electric motor, and yeah. um, and you know, and obviously like um, my motor limits how how narrow my boat could draw. Uh, like I just mentioned earlier, like it's um, yeah, I could probably get skinnier if I didn't have to get propelled by electric motor, um, but it does. Um, but staking out with that sand spike. Uh, just the manual one even is just wicked but having that same thing at the back now to push it down the transom and just cruise around just poke that thing down and just stake out and move without any disturbance at all is is wicked man um that's that's not something that's unique to my motor and my boat a lot of people recognize the um, benefits of that your boat's a lot bigger than mine your boat would have you know would we'd eventually be getting like something like the blade i'm guessing or one of the larger models you know yeah but, um, yeah yeah 
But um, yours, your that that one, those blades and stuff are hydraulically driven. Mine's electric, electrically driven. Uh huh. Is it so fast? It's just, yeah, it's fast. Like you, you, it, it's got a remote. Um, yeah. So I, I use the uh, I, instead of wearing two remotes around my neck, my neck, I um, put the electric motor remote on a belt loop, and I just put it in my pocket. So I put it on the belt loop so it falls out of my pocket. If I sit down, I don't lose it. But yeah. um. Uh, and it doesn't flat. And if I can put it in my pocket, it doesn't flap very long. I don't get caught on. And I put the re- lanyard remote for the power pole under my shirt. So I just press the buttons through my shirts again, so the my fly line or nothing gets caught on it. Sure. Um, so you just I just press the buttons, go up and down, and I just press it twice. It'll go all the way down to the bottom. Yeah. Um, press it all the way up. It'll go all the way up. You know. And um, but I could press it once. It'll just go down in foot foot increments. You know. Yeah. Um, so I took it to um I just took it to a freshwater lake because I didn't feel like washing my boat. I just wanted to test it out and, and test out the electric motor when it got fitted and stuff. And um and you know just even even on that day like I, it was the lake's pretty hard to find shallow ground. Uh, it's not it's not a flat, but I managed to find it just sort of hang in the wind and just have something to eat. And um but when I came back to the boat ramp, my I got a glass boat and that lake's got a pretty rocky shore. Normally I have to find a bit of carpet that one of the ski boats is left behind to pull it up to, but yeah. I just hang it out in a bit deeper water and I put that spike down. And like people are buzzing past in their ski boats and waves are pushing it and the boat's just hanging out a couple of feet from hitting the rocks. It was awesome. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Just just little things like that, I suppose. But I don't yeah. know. I really I don't know where it would be without it. Sorry, mate? I've got two questions for you. So would this would this thing uh, could you fit it to a jet ski? <laughs> 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 and the other question I've got for you is, uh, could you use it to spear stingrays? <laughs> Look, you probably could, mate. You yeah, know? right. Yeah. But um, but I think um, I think the the benefits of it uh, in shallow water far outweigh the uh, those purposes. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I oh, you right. know like it's, you fish with when I went and fished with Dave Dave Bradley up in Hinchy. You know like um, mm. there's 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 definitely an advantage to being able to stop when you're snag bashing like that like instantly stop not not go past it a bit or like with electric motor or use use the momentum of the boat or have to reset the electric motor to push you back like to be cruising along at a slow speed then just drop it down it's True. um it's pretty awesome or putting the boat on on the side have, yeah. like if you you could either have two power poles but i've got um i got that sand spike that i had originally and i haven't done this yet but if i wanted to put it on the side have two people casting and set it up in the in the you know instead of just working um, parallel with the current um, you know I can put the, put the spike on the bow and then put the spike down at the back as well yeah perfect yep yeah but I know some people can sometimes set up two spikes at the back you know to, uh, two power poles at the back uh, I haven't done that I don't think I've got the room for it I've got the transducer on one side from the sounder and all that sort of stuff and yeah um, but yeah no I'm, I'm pretty impressed with it I've actually wanted one for a very very long time it's just um, funny how this came about um <laughs> Yeah, I probably probably wouldn't have done it without seeing it because I just thought that thing was something that they put on kayaks, you know? Yeah, right, right. Is it is it fairly quiet? It's silent, deadly silent. You can't hear it at all. Crazy. That's great. Yeah. yeah. The ones, the, when I've been, um, you know, I've been in, um, obviously, Dave's boat when he had it, but also when Rod Rod took it over at the end, at, well, close to this time last year, and he had the power pole as well. Man, they're just... Just so much better. You could probably do away with your with your electric if you were just doing flats. You know, if you could just drive onto the flats and just stake stake out. You know, so there's plenty of flats I can think of uh, like that. There's nothing like that where I live. I, I definitely need my electric motor for sure. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think if you had to pick one, 
I don't know, man. There's people listening to this show that probably be like, don't pick one. <laughs> Who probably, but I don't know, man. I I I, I kind of lean towards one of the power poles, you know. Personally, I think now after trying one. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, does, do, do you see if you had to pick one, you know, you have to run through the pluses and minuses. Yeah, yeah. Look, I've um, I haven't. There's there's a lot in the range. I've got to I've got to sort it all out. Get my head around where um, you know, where where each one sort of fits. But there's some there's some that are adapted. You're gonna you to to drift. You know that they have blades on them to to uh, to to slow down your your drift or something like, like a, that. Too. Like a drogue. Yeah, yeah. Um, That'd be pretty cool in, in in bass lakes and stuff like that, or even for snapper outside to drop one down with a with a drogue off it, like it was round, down deep, because um, you know the deeper you can make a drogue, the more effective it is. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great for those full sands. Great, super yeah. full sand, frothy, frothy, bro, bro. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, that, that yeah, it's it's something new and exciting. Um, uh, I guess I guess my um, my my thoughts would be, you know, the, you know, my, what I need to sort out my anxieties on it would be the, the noise and not like you've just delayed that saying they're nice and quiet. Um, and the, um, the space they take up like yours would, t- would need a, when not deployed an eight inch, uh, sorry, an eight foot sort of vertical height, wouldn't it? Like, Oh yeah. It, it's, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, you can pull it. I got a rod locker where I can put a fully assembled fly rod. I can put four fully assembled fly rods in my boat. Um, yeah. I just I just use one of those compartments for the for the spike, you know. Um, but I have I, I also tested out and I was cruising around full noise and doing mad whips and you know like um some wheelies and stuff like that on the water with my with my boat. Yeah. And yeah, you know, she was sweet as mate. You know, I think it'd be going too far to put a flag on the top of it. But uh, <laughs> what about a pirate flag, mate? Something skull like that. And cross- well, you know what? If it kept people away, I'd I'd entertain the idea. That's for sure. <laughs> I tell yeah. you what it has. I tell you what it has got on there, which would be, um, which would be pretty cool. It's got like a, a threaded rod at the top of it, where you could put a go- GoPro mount in, you know. So you could okay. have like um, a GoPro sitting eight foot above you, watching every move that you make. Wow! You if could that's... drop it up and down, eh? Yeah. Well, you could do. You know how you were interested in doing Twitch? You know your live Twitches. <laughs> no, but sounds good. Oh, yeah. it must have been but someone, you... dude. I... Look, I, I don't know if I, eight foot taller to just just get my bald spot because I'm six and a half. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's mm. true. Well, you don't need that in your boat. It's not a worry, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, yeah. you know, if 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 you had it, you're right because if you mounted that one on your boat at the transom, I mean, your cast deck is another two foot higher than your gunnel, isn't it? Oh yeah, something like that. Yeah. Right where the um the three bedroom compartment underneath is. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the condo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You'd have to probably knock out one of one of the bathrooms under there or something like that to store the hydraulic pump or something. I, I don't know, mate. It's uh, <laughs> it's food for thought. <laughs> yeah, they're surprisingly light too, aren't they? Oh yeah, man. Well, um, well, you know, you as you know, like when I bought I bought that spike before Powerpole came on board, um, I got you to pick that up, and uh, you went into the shop where they sells them, and you picked one up, didn't you? Like, um, picked up one of the motors. It's pretty light. Oh yeah, mate. It was only like you'd pick it up with a finger, you know. It was like yeah, yeah. It was easy peasy, less than a bowling ball. So, yeah, yeah. I don't see it affecting any weight um, of what I've done. That's for sure. I did yeah. put some holes in the wrong place in the transom, but it's um, but I got a fiberglass boat, so I can. It's easy to fix. 
Don't have to weld nothing. Yeah, there you go. Nice. Easy peasy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, like you said, we'll watch this space. There's going to be some... Um, there's going to be some some news and um we go from there very happy to have them on board well can say this that there are some extremely exciting things coming from powerpile shortly which as they come to fruition you'll hear of them first right here um at the intermediate line podcast so as long as we can shoehorn them into stories about dropping fish yeah yep yeah i'm sure we'll manage that real exciting yeah. Catching turtles, things like that. Yep. yep. Catching turtles, laughing at jet skiers. Yep. Uh, Stalking big bright blue drums. <laughs> yeah. I, um, speaking of uh, stalking, um, did I see? Uh, did I see you were uh, tying up some bonefish flies? Yes, I've come out of uh, commercial tying retirement for a small niche in the fly tying market. Really? So, this is big news. You know, picking yeah. up tools again. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, for, for the time being, we'll see see how it goes. It's, uh, it's always a struggle to make time for fly tying. Um, but I've been working with um, Andy Vockler uh, in regards to making a, uh, a selection of flies for, for his customers. Now, I, the reason I enjoy this, I suppose, is... Um, well, I like I like going to Christmas Island. It's um you know I've I've been there myself. I don't know four maybe I don't know five times. I don't know. Let's say four times. I'd have to go through the photos. I don't know. I haven't been there for maybe ten years. But you know if you forget all that, it doesn't really matter so much because when you're consulting someone like Andy, there's no one in Australia or arguably the world has been to Christmas Island as much as as Andy. You know, like he's um he really is the Don Bradman of um of of Christmas Island. That's for sure, right? So, so every everything that's going in these boxes and packs is is getting highly scrutinised um, by Andy and myself. Um, so it's getting the full ammo flies treatment as well as the um, the V man treatment, and um, so everything. Yeah, so we, we're just putting together a selection uh, of about six flies of that because. Choice. Sorry, the captain's choice. The captain's choice. Yeah, the captain's yeah. choice. That's a good name for the box. The Don's choice or something, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and they'll be available shortly. Now they're they're not going to be they're not going to be bespoke. They're going to be they're going to be pre-tied and they'll be available when that when they're available. And that's the only way I'm operating. Um, unfortunately, I won't be able to take you know orders uh, for them. They'll just be available when they're available. Uh, yep. But I can tell you right now that um, it's very important to myself and Andy that you know. We went through a range of hooks, like the the traditional gamakatsu, some of the mustard ones. It probably won't be a surprise to you that um, look, Andy came round my came around my house, and he actually went to oh, buy no. some flies. And I, I sent it. Yeah, it was about three hours for a packet of hooks, but um, um, and <laughs> and uh, you know, he came here with the intention of buying a pack of SL SL eleven three H's and stuff like that for some bonefish stuff. And I presented to him some other hooks that we sell and stuff like that in there, and look. When you when you go over the 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 facts, I think is the probably the best way to put it. Or the statistics of it, the ARX hooks shape up pretty bloody good. You know, um, they're comparable in size uh, to the, what's going on there. Um, obviously, the Drew really and like I mean, fuck. If you need more proof about ARX hooks, mate, you've been living under a fucking rock. But so they're all tied on that sort of um, steel. Um, 
all the all everything is is coated in in raids out resin like you you know again you couldn't get a better resin like they're fucking bomb proof they're they're so durable it's in if if you know andy it's very important for andy to not get embarrassed <laughs> and that's yeah. fine i don't like being embarrassed either and uh one thing that um I was, we, like i don't like doing is coming into a market with something that's um that's already available so i think you'll find that the standard of flies is um is of the highest of, of my ability and if andy's going to stand behind him well you know he's not embarrassing himself and you know between us that we've got a fair bit of experience in comparison to our competitors or even my compares with the flies so um um yeah been there more than twice let's put it that way and um and I know how to tie the odd fly. So they'll be available. They'll be on the Australian Fly Ties Co-op. And uh, yeah, surely. That's pretty exciting, man. I'm glad uh, people will have the opportunity to to uh, get ammo. Are they going to be ammo flies? Is that what you're calling them? Yeah, they'll be they'll be under ammo flies. I'll I'll have yeah. a I'll have a I'll have a page on the co-op under ammo flies. Coming out of retirement. There we go. Who knows, mate? I might get bored and tie some deer hair stuff and put that out there occasionally. I don't know, but um, wow. hard to make hard to, hard to make time to tie flies. So I've got a trip coming up in December that I haven't started time for, um, as well as I want to get on the bonefish flies and yeah, I've got a couple of flies to tie for a friend who's a bit of a back bend back naysayer that um, I want to I want to at least give him the best chance to, to hate him and um, <laughs> and uh, um. You know, so there's a couple of things I want to do on the vice, but just getting to that time is um is a little bit of a struggle. But I'll get there. I plan on yeah. getting there. Yeah, right. I will. I will cut down on sleep if I have to. Well, there you go, mate. When... Yeah, yeah. Mm. Three hours, three hours a night is is barely enough, but I'll be fine. <laughs> I may not know my own name. But I'm sure someone will tell me. Sure will, man. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see? Um, speaking of sponsors of the show, did you see? Did you see Pete from Nervous Water just came back from Achitaki? I did. I was looking at that today. He, um, he looked like he had a great trip. Bonefish. There's uh, a you know a nice sort of GT. You'd be proud to catch there. Hey, yeah, man. I was gonna. I just realised as we're saying that. Sorry, mate. Um, I know you dropped one recently. Um, oh, it's Pete, all right, mate. Pete got that mine. one in. Yeah, well, it's, it's not too hard at that size. But, um, oh, <laughs> can't give it to him, can you? Come on, mate. <laughs> I was most impressed with that. He got uh, he got a pretty rare trigger, actually. That blue next, line trigger. Next yeah. week, we announced Nervous Waters have dropped us from the show. Oh. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> due to um, some comments from Jeffrey Volta. But, uh, yeah. yeah, they're easy. To, I think it was something along the lines of it's easy to land at that size. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no nah, man that that yeah, that trigger was a stunning animal wasn't it yeah yeah they're, they're, they're normally a deep water one but for some reason um uh in, in the cook islands you Ashitaki, you, you in particular you, you well there's been a couple caught it's not i don't think they're common um mm. yeah what kind of trigger are they man do you know yeah they're they're called a blue line um and when they're juveniles, they're bright yellow with these electric blue lines. And as they get older, the blue sort of takes over their body. Um, they're from the same genus or family as the the um, tight Trigon and the yellow margin. But trigonosis, um, it's not trigonosis. <laughs> Pseudoballistes is the is the genus name, and the uh, um, the species name is Fuscus, F U S. I thought it was 
Trigonosis avataris. Like it could be, man. They look like a bloody alien, don't they? You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> Do you see this new Avatar movie coming out? Oh, no, no, no. Riveting stuff. Is it? Yeah, I'm not into cartoons, but, um, you oh. know, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll check it out. Hey, um, oh, Sounds like a kick in the dick to everyone who likes Avatar, but that's cool, man. It was um, good, but, I, you know. Backpedaling, I see. What's going on here? Yeah. yeah. Did, did you did you find Avatar engrossing? Like, at, at which level? I thought the concept was... Um, was interesting of a parallel sort of life of humanoids and a different ecosystem that was quite fascinating to see i thought the um i thought the storyline was very hollywood at the end of the day uh, which let things down a little bit you know but hey this is not the movie podcast but i did share my thoughts willingly remember that good on you man that's very generous of you yeah 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 um what's the difference between a blue line trigger and a leather jacket Oh, one's one's got a cool name, man. I, I think they're all um, um, they're from from the same sort of uh, family of of puffer-like fishes, Tetradonidae or something like that. You hmm. know, they're, um, yeah, they're pretty cool fish, eh? Yeah, yep, absolutely, mate. Absolutely, doodly. Um, okay, cool, mate. Yeah, mate. So you know, you got, you got some great fish. Looks like a great place, man. It's um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah. Great. Big bones there. I can't wait to have a chat with Pete about his trip over there. It's somewhere somewhere I've always wanted to go to. Um, I've been well. I've sort of I've been there once, but it wasn't a serious fishing holiday. But um, um, you know, I'd like the, there's some really genuinely big bones get caught there. There seems to get they seem to get their share of of uh, big GTs and, and ones like Pete and some. Tr- um, some <laughs> <laughs> you got to be quick, folks. And some triggers too, mate. It's it's a great, great destination. It's very picturesque. Um, yeah, yeah. Could could be worth a visit for sure. You know, I'd I'd love to get over there, get over there, and um, and have a, a you know a, a good a good crack. I think there's some decent what blue water as well. But do you think yeah. their bakeries are any good over there, mate? Well, that's a really good question, mate. It's a great uh, question. I reckon they'd be heavily, um, you know, you'd see more. You'd see more sort of um, coconut-based products. Um, well, I might reach out to Achitaki Pastriaki, and um, that's the name <laughs> of the bakery over there, and um, <laughs> and see if they'll have us. <laughs> I'll tell you what sounds like an interesting pie, and you know, and this is an island theme as well. Tasmania, apparently, there's um, uh, scallop, you know, like sea scallops. Mm. Um, yeah, they, they do scallop pies down there. I'm quite quite partial to see scallops, so I wonder what a, a scallop pie is like. Might be Mate, nice. I'll, I'll tell you something that sound, that will sound very generic. I had a friend of mine, Newey, his name was, he's a Thai, Thai man, and um, he had a, a, a Thai bakery in uh, Maruchador on the Sunshine Coast here. Not there right. anymore. But he used to put, like, traditional Thai curries in there. Like, I'm not talking, like, a curry pie that you, you bite into and half of it's, like, curry paste, uh, curry powder, you know. <laughs> talking proper... Like you would have it in a restaurant in a pie. God damn, it was nice. So nice. So like Muslan and Penang and Penang, yeah, Penang yeah. and um, yeah, red red curries, green curries, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, just really nice stuff, man. I wish yeah. knew he was still around, but um, he's not. So uh, yeah. the the bakery does not exist. We cannot include that in our vlog, mate. Unfortunately, they didn't yeah. have any apple pies either, which was disappointing. Well, look, we're going to need some uh, listener feedback on on great Thai bakeries of 
of uh of australia of, of australia yeah 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 yeah. Mm. yeah yeah cool man well, that's um did you see speaking of new stuff did you see the um the new product got in at the beast mate are you talking about the nude tabs or n- nude tabs yeah. yeah nude tabs nude yeah. nude <laughs> nude, <laughs> nude sounds a little bit south australian accent to me does it nude nude Nude. Nude. There's no why in nude. Is nude. Nude right? in the nude in the castle. Nude. <laughs> <laughs> or you could be nude in the castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they look fantastic, man. Um, um, really, you know, they're they're an improvement on existing design, right? They um, yeah, something different about them. Yeah. So tab eyes is something. I personally use for a long time. I understand the the well, to me the, the benefits of them make sense for flies like hollow flies and anything basically that you know you can't glue uh, eyes onto the material without it affecting the material's benefit of using that material in the first place. If you know what I'm saying, right? So mm-hmm. it allows the material to flow underneath it, and tab eyes allow that eye to go back far enough to to not look stupid, like i.e. not tied on the eye of the hook, uh, or the thread. Uh, and still function, you know, but um, inherently, uh, that's good. They got their issues. Originally, they were like a, like a they're like the silver foil extends the tab bit to tie on, and that's quite visual. Uh, probably a bigger thing to anglers than it is to the fish, really. But um, they usually only come in like up to ten mil in their, in their size, and if there's any sort of three D eye on that foil, it can usually peel off or carry so much weight that it actually breaks that foil, if you like, you know. Um, so. Yeah. There's been other companies. Uh, I think the first one to do was Pro Sports Fisher brought out like a, a, a 3D printed eye, um, but it was it had the eye that came with it. It was like six and eight mil, I think at best, though for more salmon flies because they're from Denmark. Um, then sort of fly like then tab eyes that are designed for like hollow flies, like you know pop pop fly type designs and stuff. Um, I think this Irish fly tire, I uh, can't remember his name. He doesn't fish or nothing. He just sit. I think he just sits in a cave and just ties flies pretty angry dude from what i hear um he came up with one but like um it was sort of similar something similar to what um uh we came up with a little while ago and, and the the clear flexible material is, is so good but the problem with that stuff is that um it's very hard for the the uh the weight of a 3di to stay on there um through the casting motion by that i mean it might not feel like a lot of weight but like you know, you hold a you hold a set of car keys in your hand and you know wave your hand around in big circles. It doesn't feel like much weight, but tie that thing to a bit of string and, and thirty foot away and wave it around. You'll feel the weight of those keys if you know what I'm saying. You know, so the um the the you know the the further the, the more velocity going on there from from that cast, the more weight that's on those eyes and they just peel off. So came up with a came up with a bit of a design. I don't know if that analogy worked, but you know you know what I'm saying. Um, I can always edit that out. Hey, I guess. <laughs> um, you're there, Volts. Yeah, mate. Yeah, okay, you know, gotcha. I was enjoying listening to that. It was, it was like, uh, it was yeah, music to my ears. I'm not sure if it worked, but um, but my point is that the uh, <laughs> the eyes either peel off or they or they snap off. They're not very durable. So, uh, I sort of put that design on the back burner for a long time, and it was Chad that contacted me and wanted to buy some tab eyes off from the shop. Chad from Ployflies. And I said, I, said I don't have any. And he goes, I need them as soon as possible. I'm like, oh, I could revisit that old design, but the glue doesn't stick to it. And um, so I gave it some thought. And um, 
come up with a design that's that's similar to what you would instead of using I, t I take the adhesion of the of the glue to the to the tab material out of the equation so i designed it with a series of eyes in it ah, sorry holes in it and the idea is that you get your 3d eye or it could be a flat eye whatever eye you want to mm. get turn it around apply uh, a flexible clear adhesive to it which i recommend the e6000 um or anything like that you know and put that yeah. on there so it's quite thick um well not just thick enough so you can press the tab eye material on and then the glue pushes through those holes like 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 a vita wheat, you know when you squash down a vita brit or what do they call them you know vita wheat what are they oh like? yeah like yeah like a jats or something then you yeah can, like a biscuit with holes in it you, yeah, yeah. You squeeze down the butter comes squeezing out Ooh. and then um and then the, with the excess glue that comes sque squeezing out smooth that over completely cover the back of the tab so essentially when the glue cures that that tab is is um is is like meshed into the glue so it becomes part of the glue as opposed to having to adhere the eye to the tab does that make sense I'm just saying, yeah they're so close they become one you know it's in, in monolithic monolithic there you go so mm. it's that'd be a step you could do you know in your preparation you know you'd, you'd do that before you did the fly and, absolutely yeah. look it, yeah. it's it's a pain in the ass but you know nothing would be more secure as it'd be far better than I, stick to it yeah. directly to the fibers it doesn't fuck with the with the you know with the water flow the materials um, it takes it definitely takes a few moments to do there's no no two ways about it but you can use 15 mil eyes on like a foot long beast which there was nothing available in the past that you could use for that you know um yeah i, I make that i made them all the way down to six mil you know for for you know you could use them on on any fly like a brush fly or any sort of fly where you know like um you know, sticky... yeah <laughs> you can you can put it <laughs> if you know you walk around using your mobile phone on speaker in public you could definitely put a tab eye on a gab scrap for sure <laughs> who knows mate who knows there's there's probably there's there's probably crabs there's probably crabs getting around with a 3d eye in the middle of the carapace uh -huh. that, uh, that no one knows about mate you know yeah. uh yeah. Cy cyclops not. crabs yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you see those sort of sand crab looking things they're called three spot crabs and they have three of those stick on tab eyes across the back of their characters <laughs> you've heard of five minute abs haven't you <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah man I, I know exactly what you're doing. anyway so that's um that's that's the design it's just quite simple um and um Another world first out of Australia, mate. Wow. I don't know how you keep doing it, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I fish, right? And I learn that these things don't work and uh, I have to come up with something or I have to wait for someone else to do it. Um, so if I don't do it, the only other the person who does come up is only human as well. So, you know, it's just uh, necessity is the mother of all invention. You know what I'm saying? Necessity, yeah. Well, man, I keep saying it with the Aussie fly ties, mate. Aussie Aussies are so much, so, so um, uh, in in, what's the ingenuity and and in, in um, I can't think of the word inventative. Inventative isn't a word. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Aussies Aussies are so, are so creative in in um in problem solving. You know, gotcha. they yeah. they really are, and they have, they have been through through time in many different industries for sure. But um. Yeah, that's another one. Another one to Australia. And um, probably won't be long to see that one get ripped off either. <laughs> oh, well, that'll be interesting. Or at least we know where we saw it first. So, 
just like that no-name game changer with the foam tabs in it that Americans keep tying that they they can't bring themselves to call the slow water game changer. Yeah, you know that one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Often tied by the same guy who rips off the brushes as well. Who knows, mate? You know, you probably know what I'm talking about, guys, but let's face it now. If you're not playing along, who really gives a shit at the end of the day? Um, uh, yeah, they can pretend they're not listening, but the yeah. data says somebody in that state in the US is. So yeah. Maybe, maybe it's your mum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. So, yeah, so there's um pretty... I don't know if you also saw... We also took on another huge development, which took a fuckload of time, which I actually aren't even finished with yet, and that is um, individually photographing each and every bucktail, except for white, that we got in the shop, and um, started to come up with some custom dyes too. I don't know if you saw them. You are probably away while I was doing those. Yeah, I, I sort of tuned out, man. Um, you know, that was a conscious decision too, but tell me about these custom dyes. You got some fancy colors there, mate. What, what are some of the good names you've got? Oh, got a great, great peach flame is a good one. That's a pretty peach popular. Flame. One. Yeah, yeah, nice. I like um, it. Yeah, uh, watermelon ombre is a good one as well. Fluoro watermelon ombre. Yeah, yeah, mate. Nice. Ombre is a term that they use in hairdressing. Apparently, when they do a two-tone color, like they start their, yeah, you know, some women got those black start and then they get blonde tips. You know, it's oh, ombre. Yeah. Ombre salon. Yeah. Is it? Is that what they call it? Right. Yeah. 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 Keep going. Yeah, it doesn't apply to you or me, but um, but we understand the word, right? At six foot six, you know, no, nobody can see the top of my head. Who anyway. cares anyway? Yeah, he's tall and everyone. Yeah, I outgrew my hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it's like it's like you outgrew the height of it, but it stayed where it was and start and just settled on your shoulders. That's it. Yeah, gravity meant that my head hair came out my back. It was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> And it is luscious and beautiful. Thick. Yeah, held on. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So that's that's been that's been pretty good because I tell you, um, bucktails are a massive source of anxiety for me. Is in like selling it to people. I really want to do my best to make it a safe place, but it's so so much diversity in each tail, and um, sometimes the colours as well as as best you can do as best as you can. A lot of those colors you might see photographs side by side even come from the same dye batch, you know, and there'll be one that's much lighter than the other ones. And so to list them up as saying, say, you know, like um, a blind listing of peach flame with one example of the color or something like that there, it stresses me out that sometimes if I, I might be sending something to someone that they might not be expecting, whether it be hair length or hide length or whatever, you know, um, conversely, you know, I wanted to show the pictures next to next to a ruler so people can make their own decision on hair length and stuff. You know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of miseducation in Bucktail, even in this day and age. Like I see, uh, not the competitive ads, but I see some of my competitors like they'll put up a picture of like a massive hide, like the like the hide will be like you know really long, like 40 centimeters or something like that. And I'll be like, look at this tail, like this is a huge Bucktail, you know, but the, the hair is like two inches long all the way around it, you know. Mm. And, and I think to myself, well. I could have a, a five-inch hide with with usable hair all the way around to what people would normally see stiff butts in, and um, and it's way more usable. There's more hair to yield for better flies on that hide than anything else. So individually photographing really takes that out of the equation. Even sometimes I might grade something because I grade it to hair length. Um, might grade something that's like you know five inches long hair, but it'll yeah. have a it'll have a like a five-inch hide, you know, and sure. um. um you know, and and you think to yourself, well, I need to price this fairly, um, because people who 
people who just want to tie clouses can't be disadvantaged by paying too much for hair, you know? So um, instead of pricing it all at the same rate that I need to charge, which would be too expensive for clouser tails and, and, um, and probably underpricing for something that was suitable for beasts or something like that, I think it's fair to do that. But to still to charge that sort of money for something that's like a five inch hide, if you know what you're looking at, you'll see the value in it. And if you don't know what you're looking at and you see, oh, that you, you're looking at the hide, well, then you can make that decision because each 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 individual tail is um, photographed, you know, and then someone yeah. who knows what they're doing will come and snap it up. And, and you know, great. It's, it's left there for them instead of me going, yeah, yeah, writing a note going, I sent you something that might look small, but it's not, and it's this and it's that, and here's the yeah. example, you know, a this lot is, of work. This is a grower, not a shower. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So are these they're individually photographed? Like each bucktail is going to be numbered, and, and it's got a tag on it. So it's got a, So we write a tag code on it, like say watermelon on fluoro watermelon on FM zero and thirty seven or something like that. Yeah. So then, and next that, next to a scale like a. Well, it, it's it's pictured on like a, a plain white background. It's been each each photograph is being edited to get it to right next to the thing so it's got its most truest color I can possibly present. And right next to it is a steel ruler that shows you the, the measurements in like right next to it. Mm-hmm. So I the only thing I can't um, show people on those photos is is how soft or how coarse it is. Sure. Uh, you, can, you can tell from a lot of photos if you've got experience, but I recognize and, and understand and, and, and accept that a lot of people may not have that skill. So that's... That's the last thing that I make myself available for. Like, if you saw a tail that you like, say, mm. you know, um, F- FMW 36, hey, Chris, can you tell me if that tail is, is soft or, or I want to use that for hollows or I want to use that for bulkheads or, or something like that? Um, well, then I can go and have a look at that, you know? Sure. That's for sure. And, and give you my opinion based on my experience with it. Um, yeah. Tell, tell me, man, if, um, what's the best way to get more of these 8 inch showstoppers? Um, <laughs> we're just going to so many ways I can answer that. No, oh well, look, the thing is, go up from time to time, and you got to be Johnny on the spot. Is that what yeah? You're I don't. The the downside to this supply, like I get them from a dude who who lives um in Wisconsin, and yeah. um and um you know he gets them. He's he's one person that works with a group of people that collect them from different areas. He drives. He tells me he drives up to five hours to go and harvest get tails that have been harvested from different areas of where he lives and stuff. So then he gets them and he processes them to the point where they're able to be exported to meet, they have to meet certain conditions for export. And then they come to me in a, in a big, you've seen photos. I just dump them on my lounge room floor and start picking them apart and, and measuring each individual tail. Um, and um, so the downside of that is that, that they're, they're, they're um, uh, what's the word? Subject to hunting seasons, right? Whereas, some of the big name brands, like they, like they'll get their their deer from farms, so they can hunt, they can they can harvest all year round. Uh, I can only harvest during hunting season, which has only just started. Um, I'm, I I believe I'll have another batch. I've been told, and please don't hold me to this, guys. I mean, feel free to ask, but I've been told I'll have another batch probably around Christmas, um, and then um, and then next year I'll um I'll, I'll probably have about four thousand tails moving through beast brushes and hopefully that'll get me up to part of the way through the year i sell a lot of them overseas i eh? i mean people in europe who are listening to this if you're listening to this i mean it's a good place to buy from australia because you don't have to pay for the united states fish and wildlife certificate from america that's 110 us dollars even for one tail 
you know, if you're buying from America, if you're getting them in from shops over there without that, it won't be long before you're busted. With all this foot and mouth disease that's going on in Indonesia, customs are just, mate, they are like a fucking heater at the moment. They are just on fire. You know, they are um, yeah. they are all over everything, mate. Nothing I'm getting in at the moment gets, oh, how's this? Remember how last time we talked about that skunk tails? Yeah. I tried to get some in and, um, mate, customs, man. Yeah, I, I, I proved them wrong with their own legislation and and they end up just saying upon inspection we found bugs in them, which is fucking impossible, but I feel like I might have embarrassed them. And, um, and they destroyed them, destroyed a whole batch of skunk tails, which, I, which um, is very disappointing. So I've got other ways to go around it. I plan on bringing them in again, but I know a few people have listened to us talk about it on the podcast before and have hit me up of where they are. And if you haven't, and if you're wondering where they are, if you're too shy to ask, well, let me tell you now that um, they are in a hole somewhere that customs dug or in ashes that they burn them up. I don't know what they did with them, but they destroyed Man, them. Could you imagine the smell of burning skunk tar? Oh. <laughs> the smell doesn't come from the hair, dude, you know, it, uh, of skunk. What? burnt hair before mate what about when you lit up your farts that would well i don't think that's that you know specific to skunk though you know okay right we don't want to put people off and think that they're going to have scented flies you know if they use skunk hair you know true <laughs> that? Yeah. yeah but um but anyway yeah disappointing so yeah um yeah i guess that's you know i guess i guess that's a little bit of community service here like i mean for many years people have been able to bring in uh, natural materials in, in small quantities and stuff like that Man, mm. customs don't care. They're gonna they're gonna stop everything now because of that because of the foot and mouth outbreak and deer in particular are a clove foot animal and they're they're carriers. They can be carriers of the of foot and mouth, so they're particularly yeah. toey in regards to deer hair products. I can imagine. Yeah, deer deer in particular are like they're lot the lot of the ones in Australia are you know, I say feral, they're they're not held domestically and the the spread would be rapid you know yeah yeah go, absolutely go through you know through the place really quickly had a big yeah. batch of belly hair rock up today too and that, that got stopped at customs which i mean that stuff's all i don't dye that stuff here i dye some colors but most of that stuff's all hairline and it just um it's it's very hard to get from hunters because hunters when they field dress their animals they oh. ruin all the best belly hair you know it's um very oh. hard for them to give a shit you know whereas if they they finish their kill and they field dress it's easy to grab a tail off them you know um mm. But getting the hair for uh, for belly hair, which funnily enough, comes from a lot of other places than the belly, including the the, the best hair belly hair comes from around the butthole. Funnily enough, oh, yeah, right, okay, it does. Most of the, the the long belly hair that you get, like the stuff that you know I grade to be standard stuff in the shop, comes from around the butthole. Yes. So <laughs> don't don't be putting um, your Dahlbergs in your mouth, boys. Oh, gross. And the girls. Yeah. Boys and girls, no more, no more Dahlbergs in the mouth. Okay, um, <laughs> they might be scented. I can't, I can't guarantee they won't be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Do you hear facts right there, right? Yeah, I always learn something with you, man. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um. So yeah. So yeah. Some exciting stuff. The new tabs are, are pretty big. Oh, and um, better tails are. Um. I'm just just about to launch them on the weekend. Or, like, uh, got new colours for them now. Can't wait been, to see it. They've been pretty popular. And uh, another another Aussie invention that um, goes past the aesthetics of it. You know what I mean? Like, the better tails are... Um, they're only 0.8 of a millimetre thick, but they've got an air gap in them. 
And the same principle as uh, the slow water game changer with the um, taking the weight out of it, as in it, mm. you know, stopping it from sinking fast. That's what the tails do too. You know, I think it's, I think it's really, personally, I think it's pretty funny um, as someone who understands how game changers work when I see, you know, people use marabou, you know, which is super heavy as well. And uh, also, you know, those, um, any, uh, any bit of plastic that's sort of just shaped like a tail, like, like it's the aesthetics that matter, you know, really at the end of the day, I think it's pretty hilarious. I also find it funny when people shake their game changers in slow motion on camera, side to side, and go, yep, that'll work. Wouldn't that be one? <laughs> yeah, that's where it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, it <laughs> really yeah. demonstrates the thorough understanding of hydrodynamics. <laughs> yeah. When you shake yep. it in the air like that, wow. Yes, mm. it certainly is. That's the, yeah, that's the good thing about uh, hydrodynamics. It does not suffer from opinion. It just is what it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I reckon, I reckon oh. this thing's gonna swim like a beauty. Cool, man. Put it in the water. Can't wait to see your fish. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, um, all right, man. Well, look, um, we've um, we've pretty much just consumed an entire show, and what? we've learned learned a lot of stuff. Now, do you want to talk about what happened with the jet ski dude on that sandbank? With no. You? You, no. You? No. No. I was just picking up that one of those dudes was. I thought you were telling the story third party. Is it, is that wrong? I've only seen photos, man. Yeah. It, oh, I've totally yeah. misunderstood the whole. Sorry, man. I totally misunderstood the whole story. I, 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 I just thought one day then you guys are up at the with Sundays. There was like a windy day and you guys hired a jet ski or something, right? No, was no. that wrong? That would that wouldn't happen, man. We'd never do that. Oh no! no I apologize, Volts. I didn't. Yeah. I, I, just, I just had this vision, you know, of um. Yeah, like, you know, the two people on jet ski and one person with nothing to hang on to but, like, a handful of back pelt or something, you know, just cruising around. I got this wrong, haven't I? Yeah, you got it. Way Sorry, wrong. Man. Yeah. Way wrong, man. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. Well, you'd, you'd never drive a dry jet ski, would you? Uh, no, I don't think I would, hey. Mm. Yeah, it's not, not really my style. That Kook Slams montage of jet skis was hilarious. I really urge anyone to go and have a look at that. Yeah, and pass yeah. it on. Yeah, pass it around. Pass and if you want, if you want to have a little bit of a play, get on, get on my page and check out my my reels, that jet ski one, and have fun with the jet skis in the comments. I think it's hilarious. It's good, good fun. If you're having a bad day, it's a great way to vent. There you go. <laughs> check it out. <laughs> check it out, buddy. Yeah. All right, man. Um, you got you, you, you'd be still hung over from your trip. You wouldn't even have any plans to go fishing, would you? I have zero social capital at home. Like, uh, yeah, because I followed it straight up with a with a business trip down south. So, um, you know, basically today is my first day home in about, you know, for any well, I was two weeks is the first full day. I really have been been home. I, I guess you know, but yeah. um, is it true that you hog the air conditioning at home, like tonight? Yeah, really selfishly. So we hadn't cleaned this out in ages, and um, Kat, my miss her, she. She um, she cleaned the air conditioner today while I was doing the mowing, and um, and then uh, I came in all hot and bothered, and you know I appreciate the hard work, but uh, yeah, it's my room. Off you go. <laughs> Respect my authority. Uh huh. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah, man. All right. Well, let's wrap this puppy up, eh? Good, good saying, man. Um. All right, mate. Well, look, um, stay aggressive, Australia, and wake up to yourself with a mirror, right? There you go. There you go. There it is. 
yeah. Right, mate. Right, mate. Thanks, Volsi. I really appreciate your time, buddy. Oh, thank you, mate. I no, really thank you. you. Bud, it was good. What's yeah. that? Full froth? Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, dude. Full, full frothy send, okay? Bro. Because right. when you are inside, you're still actually outside, aren't you? And then you can say when you're outside, you're inside because you're always inside your head. After all that's happened, what is it that we've gained? I made mistakes before and never lived them down. After all, you come for me, I'm bound. Don't say I'm not.